0: Let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.
1: In these crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the
0: noise. Well, now you have to...
1: Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another amazing episode of your Heroes of Noise podcast. I'm one half of this amazing duo. My name is Steve. You sure there, buddy? Well, that is that one going to work?
2: <laughs> one of these days the blooper. Now I'm doing. It. <laughs> one of these days the blooper roll will come out, and you will see what really happens. But what's happening, everybody? My name is Dan. Welcome to Heroes of Noise, episode 101. Steve. We too. hit the peak and now we're on our way back down again. Sad story. No, our
1: peak is nine ninety nine.
2: No, nineteen ninety
1: nine. Because that—that's the day we get to play nineteen ninety nine and risk it all, regardless of Prince's uh, estate. We're playing that as the intro on nineteen ninety nine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do? <laughs>
2: Well, being that it took us two and a half years to get to, <laughs> to get to You're episode right. one hundred, yeah. yeah. I think we got some time to think about what we're going to do. But we probably be talking <laughs> into it. We'll be
1: doing it. From, everybody from the rest home, dude. Hey, first of all, how have you been? I've been doing, dude. No, the, I've been doing great. The important thing uh, is how uh, have uh, uh, you been? Have you been doing? Have you been doing great? Have you been doing wonderful? Because you've been out of commission. I don't know what happened
2: i've been out of commission steve i've been quite in commission actually uh too much commission <laughs> without permissions yeah man i have been uh i've had a great weekend bro great weekend. i plan on talking about that a little bit before everything else we have to talk about but yeah i spent uh let's see from last thursday got home on monday i was in chicago, chicago. for c2e2
1: did you hear that yeah. um did you hear the uh the accent or no
2: you know what? It's very vague. I, I, I don't want to insult anyone that has it because I know a lot of people do. But it's a it's like a ah uh, thing. Like, let me see if I could do it. Like, um, like if I want to get a can of yams,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'd be like, "Hey, can I get a can of yams?" And it'd be like, "Oh, you mean a can of yams?" Like, do really? You know what okay, can, that's a that's, can man, of yams.
1: That's a little. Yeah. I thought it was like the Bears. That's, that's what, what I got. I that thought guy. Of they
2: got that guy too. Apparently, there, uh, <laughs> Steve. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see that guy personally, Steve. I did see someone cosplaying like him. Mean, it actually said "the Bears," but no. I don't know if people really talk that
1: way. I hope they do. Someone cosplayed as him. Yeah. And folks knew who he was. I don't know. I did. Oh, Old well, people yeah, did. We will. <laughs> well, of course, we will. We he went to school every day. and Been like, nah, I'm all, "Hey,
2: stop Bears!" And, and he just <laughs> he, mouth, he mouths at
1: me. He's like, "Thank you." Are you kidding <laughs> I me, get you, buddy? No. Oh, I'm I was kidding. about to say, like, dude, because we're we're I'm like anyway. First of all, I have a ton of questions about C2E2, brother.
2: I got answers for you. But before we do that, sir, do you mind if I just get all the Did formalities it. out of the yeah, way? Yeah, we got a few f- formalities that we got to get to today. So if you, uh, you know, don't you should, mind. Yeah, you Go for it. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Dan Beck from Chicago. <laughs> Went and saw a game, you know who, the Bears, they're not even playing. But I'm going to stop talking like this and talk to you now. Hey, what's going on? Listen, you want to get a hold of the show? You can do that. This is something that you can do, all right? All you got to do is go to heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com and you start typing and you write us something special and maybe we'll get back to you. We probably will. We're quite lonely. These days especially. But this isn't a guilt trip. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a celebration. You want to go to Twitter. Let's go to Twitter first, Steve. Can we take them there? We can, right? I think I got about a minute and a half left on this song. (laughs) At Heroes of Noise is the spot. You can reach me, Dan, at DanQPublic, and Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music. You can cut all of the bullstein and go to www.heroesofnoise.com. And there, my friends, you can find our show. You can find our other show, The Word, The Unofficial Preacher Podcast. You can find the shows of our friends. You can voicemail. You can buy merch. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can change the world Is what I'm really trying to say www.heroesofnoise.com That's where you go Subscribe to the show We're on Google Play iTunes Apple Podcasts Whatever you call it Stitcher iHeartRadio Spotify Pandora And all that stuff That's how we do it Those people I was just talking about Those are the pods of justice I don't know if they like being called that But that's what we're calling them And those are our friends And we want you to listen to the show But here's the real important part I know it's kind of old. It's a little outdated, especially for you kids, you kids out there that like the Snapchats and whatnot. But I'm going to ask you to go back in time and go to Facebook. All right, join the Heroes of Noise podcast community. That's where it's at, and we want you to be a part of our lives. We want to share things with you, little photos and things like that. Things I like cook, I'll put on there. It doesn't. Okay, I'm turning you off already. Anyway, just go there and join up. All right, answer a couple of the stupid questions. Basically, it's don't be a dick, and you can join. That's what we'd like you to do. But last thing. We have this thing called Patreon. It's been sputtering a little bit, all right? I'm going to give you that. I'm trying to sell it, but I want you to know it was sputtering. But it's a new day. It's a new dawn. We plan on putting in choice content there. So join us on Patreon. Let us know what you think. And we'll give you little treats and shit like that. That's how it works. But there's more, there's more rules to it. But you know what? It's not, it's not time for this. This is not a legal part of the show. So with that, Steve, I think my song's winding down. I'm going to turn it back to Steve, the guy I missed. My heart. My heart will go on without him. But I can't have him uh, out of my life, too. You know what, Steve? I'm all fucking rusty, bro. (laughs)
0: All right, Steve Hudson.
2: (laughs) Man, see what happens when you take me out of commission
1: for a couple of weeks?
2: It's all right. I haven't done that for a while. Have you noticed? I think it's been probably like a good month.
1: Oh, no, you kill it. But but, hey, they don't know how bad my intro was today, either.
2: They don't. It was horrible, Steve.
1: Man, I I don't really (sighs) criticize you a lot, but that was garbage. Dude. I mean, I just could not in the in the words of she, I could not get it out of my mouth. Because wow. she said that.
2: Wow. <laughs> that's because that's what I got you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you like that? Hey anyway. Yeah. Hey, yeah Dan, hey, real quick,
2: ahead. real quick, sir. Before we get down to business, I forgot one thing because I felt I was running out of time. So okay. I have, you know, music wise, and I gets it gets awkward. I don't want to start it over. You know me. I go into a whole thing. I wanted to talk about Patreon real quick. Again, like I said, it was kind of sputtering, but I promised folks we're coming back. It was been a it's a February was a really busy month for both of us. I was working a lot just to get to Chicago. I had to change my schedule around, which means that it didn't work with Steve and blah, blah, blah. But we're back. We should be going. And I wanted to thank two new patrons that joined up. Michael Winkler would be the first one. Steve, you know Michael Winkler. I spent some time with Michael Winkler this weekend, man. I got to meet a lot of, uh, well, not only our listeners, but listeners of Pop Culture Leftovers, members of the Leftover Army. Uh, These two people are both of those things. And I got to hang and, like actually talk with them face to face. You know how weird that is?
1: It's very weird. It's true. Ima- no, I'm saying I can't imagine if I was sitting there and been like, like uh, you know how the people you, you listen to all the time in podcasts, and this is from the other side, if I ran into them and I heard their voice, I'd be like, wow, this is weird. So I imagine for him, it's very strange hearing your voice in person and seeing it was, this it was- amazingly handsome dude behind the voice. No,
2: bro. Well, I felt the same way about this guy, too, though. That's the thing. He's on podcast. Our other patron that joined up, Joe Stark. What a fucking nice guy. Not that Michael Winkler isn't, but Joe Stark, like, I just wanted to hug him after about five seconds of talking to him and just, like, not let go. I'll never let you go, sir.
1: Loved his family on Game of Thrones.
2: Yeah, I know. My condolences. You made it awkward, Steve, but... (laughs) I'm hoping he's over it and not grieving too much, but yes, I did meet the wonderful Joe Stark and his lovely wife, Lindsay, and they were fantastic people. Yes. found out Lindsay listens to the show too, so that not only does Joe Stark listen to the show, the Starks listen to the show, Steve. They need their own emblem
1: dude they totally need the. what do you call it a uh uh crest is the word i was looking for oh for a dude what are we talking about we gotta get we gotta make them a crest who's an artist out there that
2: can help me out no one okay sorry joe and Lindsay, but welcome welcome that was a quick
1: yeah you pretty much (laughs) thank you guys so i mean i know like especially in these days even two dollars one dollar is a lot for many people so the fact that you're even willing to put it it's just amazing to us thank you so very much joe and mike Weezy. thank you so very much
2: and don't forget Lindsay,
0: wonderful Lindsay? human being. I believe it. You know I, mean? I believe it. Did you? Okay,
2: all right. I thought maybe you you, t- you snuck off to go get like a veggie taco or something while I was okay, talking. Number you're, okay, you're number one. Okay, number one. you trying to play
1: oh, it off talking. To, I like what you. Did. But look, 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 look. Number one, stop talking about and I. Number two, remind me to tell you about the best freaking vegetarian daggone taco truck or whatever in the world. But anyway, before I do that, hey, when you were doing the hypothetical Chicago thing the 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 uh you did the um accent you know who you sounded like who's that uh remember man on the moon
2: man on the moon uh you're talking about andy kaufman
1: but whatever the other character was he was doing uh well i forgot um, the guy's name but he was walking around talking like that i said oh it's weird is i did
2: Latka. i know you're not talking about Latka, the character from taxi but he came up this weekend isn't that weird Wow,
0: we're talking about that right now da- what, that's it's not strange. really that weird but it
1: is kind of but yeah th- that we're all connected wh- somehow With the ca- the character he did saying like i'm not andy kaufman i'm this other guy
0: oh
2: <clears throat> yeah you're talking about to oh god damn it Steve. why did you take me down this <laughs> what i was can his see name? him i can see him and i just can't think but of it anyway, right now, but anyway yeah. that's tony voice. tony uh tony mm, he had the tuxedo yes yeah yeah <laughs> that guy was an asshole but that's the that voice you do
1: and i was like is was he supposed to be from chicago then
2: I don't know, but it, I was going for the Saturday Night Live okay, the right? okay, okay, it was, okay. It was, you know what I'm saying? But yes. because that was the guy that I was talking Okay, about. I'm with you. Hey, one last thing. One last thing, because yes. I promised this man. I feel really bad about this. I, I kind of dogged him out twice on this, so I have to make sure that I mention this. There is a, another member of the podcast community. It's also a member of the Leftover Army. His name is Paul Hart. Paul Hart's a wonderful person. You may have heard his wonderful, friendly voice on episode 100 in segment one talking to him. Great guy. Spent a lot of time with Paul this weekend, too, man. And let me tell you what, again, just a stand-up human being, like the most huggable person in the world. We were talking about being cuddle buddies on the show. Guess what? We did, goddammit, because that's what you do. You keep your promises. Me and Paul, just cuddling, cuddling the night away. And I wanted to say that I apologize to you, Paul, because I did not talk about the podcast that we did together. I was recently on his show, Movies from the Heart, and we did an episode about Steve Jobs. Gail didn't listen to it, so we went to the movies last night, and she wanted to hear it. So I heard myself mention. I start talking about Steve Jobs, and then I dropped it because, folks, I don't know if you recall, I was drinking fine champagne, and I kind of champagne. forgot. So I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that champagne will get you, man. You know what's weird about champagne? Before I go off, I'm going to a little tangent real quick. It's just that you can drink a lot of it, and then it, you don't feel much. And then suddenly you just want to sleep like 24 hours straight. It's really weird. I don't I don't know about champagne.
1: Kind of, champagne kind of gives a, me a headache the next day.
2: And it gives you a headache too. Yes, it did that. But because I didn't plug Movies from the Heart, I wanted to do that because it was a special episode to me, man. Um, first of all, instead of him hosting the show, I hosted the show and I asked him. Because what it is, is uh, if you haven't heard the show, ladies and gentlemen, it's basically taking your favorite movie and breaking it down. Why is this movie your favorite? What's it mean to you? What not? And normally, I would have been the person in the hot seat, but it was Paul in the hot seat he'd asked me to you know do do his like do his job basically, and he would sit down and be able to talk about a movie and I thought that was a really cool idea. so we started talking, and i'd had you know some one on one with him on Facebook and whatnot, but that was the first time that we actually sat and talked and it was an awesome interview i 'm not saying I did awesome i 'm saying that the experience that we had talking and, and pulling some some very not private, especially not anymore, but some personal things that we talked about. Uh, Paul was able to get something out of me that I've never even talked about on this show about my daughter. So uh, it was pretty cool. And I wanted to thank him for that you know, opportunity to do that. And I also want to tell you people that if you haven't heard Movies from the Heart, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it pretty much anywhere that you can find us. And I highly recommend you check it out. Paul is a fantastic human being. And I consider myself a better person. I'm not even bullshitting. I consider myself a better person for meeting this guy. Wonderful human being.
1: That is freaking amazing. And you know, that's such a smart, it's such a smart, you know, podcast to have. Everyone has their favorite movie and, the, and most people can just wax poetic about their favorite movie. No matter how silly the movie is to most people, they could just wax poetic and it's dope that he's just like, well, let me extrapolate from this. That's pretty cool, man.
2: Yeah, it was a really, really good time. So check that one out. <clears throat> I'm sorry I don't have the episode in front of me. I'm a little rusty. It's been a long week. My brain is still a little bit boggled. And I know that the people that were with me are feeling the same way right now. So I kind of feel like I have an excuse. But definitely check it out. I believe it might have been even the last episode of Movies from the Heart. So it's going to be easy to find. Peep it.
1: I see what he did there, by the way. Well, good.
2: I'm thinking that was the intended thing. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> looks, like, looks like Paul hit the mark, Steve. <laughs>
1: I'll be like, Paul, do you know your last name is Hart?
2: You're going to be giving him a Steve Hudson.
1: Now, I didn't know. How old are you?
2: He'll be like, I'm like 40, whatever. I think he's like 41. Maybe even he's younger than that. I'm not sure. And you're going to be like, I didn't know the people your age still said that. That's the Steve <laughs> Hudson. That's the Steve Hudson go-to right there.
1: What? Wait, what? hold on a second. What? <laughs> you? How old are you? I didn't know people your age like Wham. Is that, is that how I talk to you?
2: <laughs> um, how old are you? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I do have a tendency to, <laughs> I do have a tendency to imitate people without even meaning to imitate You're them. Really it used to make me it. seem like an asshole at work though, because like I'd be like, "Hey, where's Dave at? Oh, Dave, he went to the break room or something. He'll be right back." I said, "Oh yeah," because he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to the break room." <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. I like, is, that Dave, is
1: that how Dave sounds? I'm like, "Holy shit!" I don't know, but no well, wonder I, people don't I, like me here. I know one person doesn't like being teased in your area. One time, I made somebody mad up in that piece. You gotta be careful who you tease, man. Now nah, you were wrong. I'm telling you, you were wrong. Oh, I'm not, dude. I know. Nah, I know her. We're I good. know, I know her, and
2: you don't, sir.
1: Hey, I listen. Mean, I, I didn't say
2: hey, listen. That's all I gotta say about that. All right. I was listening, though. I was listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so Dan! Me. C2E2, you freaking went.
2: I did. <laughs> you know what? I say things a lot. Like, there's a lot of things where I'll be like, yeah, I should do that, or we should do that. And then I just go, oh, I didn't get a chance to. But you know what? I made it a mission to go to this thing and I am so glad I did, dude. I feel like it, this is a little crazy, but you know how, did you ever go to summer camp or anything? I did. Okay. Now I'm I'm talking to Steve Hudson. So I realized that things might be differently viewed here, Yeah, but, <laughs> but did you ever, I don't even see, I just start laughing. I don't even know exactly how that's going to come out, but you already have the, yeah. It is. Yeah. Um. Well, I can tell you that, I have never been to summer camp, but I have been through things like I'm. I'm sentimental that way. This is what I told some people. I think it's because I was raised on John Hughes movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the things. One of the things. The other thing is that I don't travel a lot. I don't travel by myself Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. And then of course when I because I don't travel a lot, I tend to really cherish those moments more than some do. Because oh well, I was just in Seattle last week, and now I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Like people that travel a lot, I don't think that they actually they they don't see things the same way but i could be wrong about that okay. but because of my situation mm-hmm. on what was it sunday night was the last time i saw everybody cuz i had to leave monday morning i felt like i was leaving summer camp i had the blues a little bit because i'd spent such quality time with these people that i was already missing them isn't that weird
0: Aww. no i'm
2: serious i'm not even like joking for the sake of
0: just saying
2: the time that we had but it was just a, ver- it was a really cool thing. So I'll talk about that. What I'll kind of give you the breakdown of my little vacation there and some of the things that happened. Oh, by the way, guys, real quick, in case I forget, because I probably will, I don't want you guys to tune out after the outro. Um, I've got a couple things in store for you. So I've got... We went to two panels. I went to several panels, but I recorded two of them. And the reason that I only have two of them is because I kind of forgot I had my recorder. Let's just say it was a long night the previous night. So... I do have the question and answer portion of the Umbrella Academy panel, which is long. It's still probably like 45 minutes long, something like that. And it's pretty funny. And then I also have the full, not the full cast, but the full cast that was there of the boys panel. Now, you guys got to listen to this one, man. It's so funny. Like these people are hilarious. I would love to be on the set watching these guys work. You'll understand why when you listen to it, but I got a really good quality of it. And I think you guys will find it really entertaining, man. I'm, gl- I'm glad I caught that. That was one of the highlights of the weekend, and I'll explain why in just a little bit. So, guys, don't tune out. If you want to hear the panels, do that. Just skip forward or whatever, but they're there, okay? You know what's weird, too? I'm listening to myself talk to you right now, and I can totally tell that I'm back in the San Joaquin Valley because I'm all, <laughs> again.
1: It's, oh, you don't really? have that. No.
2: Yeah, like Chicago Air. Maybe someone's going to be like, you're crazy, but compared to the air here, it's so much cleaner because yeah. it was colder. And, and I just feel myself because I haven't talked this much. Like, you know, I mean, actually, I talked a lot last weekend, but doing this kind of talking for since the last time, man, since episode 100, and I can hear myself all sounding like Bernie Mac again, like this <laughs> shit, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think you're going to hear that a lot this week. Um, Let's see, where do we start, man? Do you want me just to break it down real quick? Yes,
1: all the way down. All right, all right, all right. Took some notes, Steve, because I didn't. I of course things. I did. I know you took notes for sure. I,
2: I just just a little bit. I'm just going to break it down. I'm not going to go and then I, you know, I went to the to the uh, airport. Uh-huh. and then guy. I, I got frisked by TSA. I'm not going to do all that stuff, yep. but I did. And you got you know, frisked what? by TSA. TSA? Were, yeah, it kind of scared oh. me. <laughs> like, do I have something on me? Because, like I said, I don't travel. So when you go into the airport and you put your hands up, you stand on that thing, and that thing spins around you. It's looking for weapons and whatnot. Well, I guess my track pants, the metal on the, on the zippers, set it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the guy was like, hey, you need to come over here. But it wasn't even like, maybe that's his go-to, like to get you nervous if there really is something there. So you start acting a little funny. But I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, do I shit? Do I have something? I don't even know if I do. But no, it's just zippers. But I don't like TSA people, Steve. I'm going to tell you that right now. I think that those people are, uh, they're, they're terrible human beings, particularly in O'Hare Oh my God. You ever been to O'Hare Airport? No, I have
1: not been the chance. I have not gotten the chance to go to Chicago.
2: Now I'm skipping ahead real far, but let me just tell you spoilers. Fuck every last person in Chicago O'Hare Airport. Every from the from the time you open the door to the very first person that you check in your luggage with all the way out to the last person before you're entering the plane. Fuck every last one of those people. Terrible, terrible service there, man. Jesus. Okay. No, I'm not kidding, but I'm, it's, it's not really. It's just they're just rude. They seem very unhappy. Okay, now I'm done. And plus, I think what it is is that they keep them uncomfortable. They actually, if it's super cold, they they turn up the heat like too much, and if it's super hot or at least warmer than what they're used to, they turn down the AC too much. That's what the bartender was telling me. And boy, guess what? She was
1: miserable. The bartender.
2: Yeah. I even well, no wonder. I heard someone call her, Hey, honey cakes. Swear to God. Hey, honey cakes. Can I I forgot what it was like? Can I get another water or something like that? Who calls people honey cakes? Uh apparently douches. He was <laughs> he had the New York accent. He kept talking about New York because I was just listening to this guy talking.
1: And, and I'm not yi. saying that
2: I'm not saying that, you know, you're a douche or anything if you come from New York, but you add yeah. that accent to hey honeycakes, it got really bad really quick. All right. So Thursday night, dude, uh, I spent most of the day traveling. When I got there, it was like five o'clock in the afternoon and I had to take this. (laughs) I I, I was really tired and I'm like, you know what? I just want to get there quicker. So I actually paid for a taxi. Don't do that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't travel a lot, don't pay for a taxi because I ended up spending $62 from the airport to the hotel on a fucking taxi ride. Is that crazy?
1: Cool. Yes, it is, Dan. Okay, Steve. Well, I think it is I two, really and I'm thought go you were doing and a rhetorical. Be like, isn't that crazy? Anyway, I didn't know you were like, isn't yeah. that crazy? If I start yes, here and banging crazy. around and
2: shit, I know you're walking around, Hudson. Don't don't do this today because I'm just, not in the mood for I, it.
1: Actually, I'm not banging it. I'm literally sitting down. I've
2: been to the Midwest, sir, and I and I've come back, <laughs> and I'm different now. I've been changed. All right.
1: Yes, so, that yeah, is crazy.
2: A, yeah, it's I'm a changed man. But anyway, yeah. So I got to the hotel finally, and. Okay, let me tell you, C2E2 is in a place called the McCormick Center in Chicago. It's a cool name. And, dude, this place is literally the largest convention center. Like, a lot of people know this. I didn't. The largest convention center in the, in North America. It is massive, bro. Like, I wanted to take pictures of the inside, but I realized if I take pictures of the inside, it's just going to look like a big place and only, a, you know what I mean, like a small section of it. It doesn't come. In other words, my my photos wouldn't have given it justice. But, holy crap. it's it's basically set against Lake Michigan, so if you go to the other side of it, that's all you see is Lake Michigan, but it is just this massive place connecting hotels. Once you think you're through this joint, there's still like another huge part of it. I have just never seen anything that, you know, that that kind of convention center so large before, okay. but it was fucking awesome. Did you hear me correct myself right there so you couldn't say that's what she said?
1: Dude, I'm just, trust me, there's been a few, that's what she said, Is that I just have not said anything <laughs> well,
2: about Well, that one, I, I was like, I, I almost said, I've never seen anything so huge, but see, I stopped
1: myself. Well done. The, now, the here's pleasure. my question about the picture. Why don't you just yeah. take a panoramic?
2: Um, Because it still wouldn't really, I can't explain it. The inside doesn't do it justice. It's the outside where you just go, holy shit, look okay. at this place. all right. But- yeah, it's just a big haul is all it is. But it's it's it was it's really cool. And they really had their shit together as far as security goes. I heard people complaining about that, but for me I found it really speedy and maybe not the uh maybe not the most thorough, <laughs> you know, because I found like some people, they were just like checking their bags, like extensively checking their bags, really getting into each of the zippers and everything. But I just walked up there, I'm like, Hey, good morning, how are you? And they, huh? Oh, hi, I'm doing fine. So you're getting through all these people, you know, you start charming them a little bit, they let you go right through. Nice. I shouldn't have said that out loud because now the bad people are going to come and fuck everything up for the rest of us. But that's what happened.
1: <laughs> How long was the line to get in?
2: Uh, the first day, Friday, I i mean, I was probably in line for five minutes. They oh, were, they were going bad. through maybe maybe 10. They were going through pretty quickly. That's I was just bad. so, it's weird because I was by myself. I hadn't met anyone yet. Well, that's not true. On Thursday night, I'll get to that part. I did meet a lot of people, but I didn't meet everyone yet. Mm-hmm. And I was nervous on how that was going to go, but mm-hmm. spoilers, it went great. So anyway, yeah, so huge place. Uh, I check into the place. I go and get my badge there, my press badge. And then on Thursday night, a guy named Daniel Hepner, who was one of the coolest cats ever, had organized a place downtown called Ramen San. So everyone had ramen there. And it was really fun, dude. I got to meet a lot of people. Got to meet Nana fucking Pratt.
1: Hey, boy.
2: I, so, Jesus. I love I love you, Nana. I do, man. I love you so much, dude. I spent so much time with him. I got to, you know, it's cool. Like, again, you know, you're, oh, wow, I've heard you. We've talked, but we've never yes, met. Yes, yes. And it could have just stopped right there. You could have just been like, okay, well, yeah, we're both podcasters and we've both been on, you know, we've been on each other's shows and blah, blah, blah. But that's where it goes. Okay, nice to meet you, man. I'm going to go this way. I just wanted to hang out with him the whole time. That's He's such awesome, a warm, man. friendly, happy individual, man. And if you ever get a chance to hang with Nana Pratt, then you are luckier than most. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, honestly, this dude is the salt of the earth. So not only did I meet him, but I met Melissa Sloter, which was awesome. She's a, she's great. Of course, I met Rebecca. She showed up at the last minute. She actually left the airport and showed up at the bar. And I could just give you a whole bunch of names, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, did I forget anyone uh, from, the, from the podcast community? Our podcast community? See, that's why I don't want to get into names, guys, okay? Because it's like, oh, well, I wasn't a highlight, I guess, huh? No, yeah. you were all highlights, you know, seriously. But I'm just I'm talking off the cuff here. So I got to meet a lot of the same people mm. that I was uh hanging out with all weekend. And we closed this place down. Ramen San is this dope ass ramen restaurant where they just they just bump 90s hip hop all night. So it was a really cool vibe. We closed it down. They closed around midnight, and I'm like, this is this is a good start to the weekend, right? So I was hanging out with a lot of smokers this weekend and shame on me. I smoked cigarettes this week. I'm ashamed of myself, but you know what? One in Rome and I went, you only live once, right? You didn't get a sore throat. Uh,
1: that's not, I'm (laughs) saying, (laughs) yeah, I was like, normally after a while, you'll get a sore throat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling the effects of the weekend. and It probably had something to do with that, but I didn't smoke a lot. I mean, I was just out there for the... I was out there whenever they were because that's where the conversation was.
1: Yes. And that it gets you thing. like the after smoke. If you smoke after a long time, you get the real buzz. Like you give a yeah, light-headed situation. I was doing some swing. Oh, oh, yeah, dude.
2: Smoked a Camel Crush this weekend. Oh, you know what a Camel Crush is? No, I don't. So Camel Crush... Like men, when you smoked, you smoked menthol, right? Yeah. So apparently a lot of people smoke menthol. Not where I'm from, but everyone was smoking menthol cigarettes. So a Camel Crush is uh it's it's a it's a regular cigarette but at the filter there's a little compartment like a little a little another little filter and you squeeze that you crush the filter steve and suddenly you have the goodness <laughs> of menthol wow you have the best of both worlds
1: okay or the okay. worst yeah i would have stuck to newports but such is life
2: well you know what steve you just live in a box sir there's Do lots I? there's lots going out there you know what i smoked a newport this weekend too i think uh was it a salem or a newport i'm pretty sure that uh well yeah, I smoke one of those. I'm like, am I, am I outing people that aren't supposed to be smoking? So I just decided to stop.
1: Yeah, but when people go out, they do. I, yeah. I know I know people that are um, they're social smokers. I don't smoke. Yeah. Okay. I only smoke when I'm so... I'm like, well, then you smoke. Oh, well, I used
2: to smoke. I quit for three years, and that was the first time I was like, you know what? Give me one of those bad boys. But you know what? Nobody Did you regrets.
1: smoke a just... cigarette cigarette or a vape? Cigarettes. Wow.
2: I don't do e-cigarettes. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like them. I don't like them. I'm not comfortable with them. Why is that interesting, Steve?
1: Nothing. I just didn't see that happening.
2: Well, Steve. (laughs) Steve. (laughs) Look at this dude. So after you know we close down the place, we go outside. We're saying our goodbyes, and then I'm like, you know what? I really like Chicago, and I will be that. I was that asshole. I didn't even mean to say it. Someone said to me, "Hey, so what do you think so far?" And I, it just didn't register. What do you think my answer was when they asked me what I, what I, um, you know me, Hey, Darren. So what do you think of Chicago so far? What was my answer?
1: That's a great, I don't know. It probably like, I love it. It's the best place ever. No, I went with it's my kind of town.
2: No, you didn't, Dan. Jesus. <laughs> I, I didn't even mean to. I, I go no, but it's it,
1: my like, kind of town.
2: Well, I didn't sing it. I was like, yeah, it's my kind of town. I went, ooh, yeah, no pun intended. And he meant it. I, it was just, it just ooh. came out that way. But yeah, did you of do a course. dance
1: sequence too where everybody joined up with you in the middle of the street? This is my kind of. T-.
2: I would have if I could, and I we tried to pull it <laughs> off sometimes.
1: But uh, so I'm thinking you know, they, they asked how I'm
2: doing, how I like this place. I go, yeah, it's my kind of town. And then right after that. You know who Conor McGregor is, right? I do. Okay, so Conor McGregor walks by, and I say, no, I'm just kidding. There's a guy that he had, like, you know that that mannerism that he has? Like, I'm an Irish guy that's going to fuck you up if you just say one word to me, that kind of thing? hmm This guy dressed up like a, I don't know, like a day trader or something. He walks up to me, right to me, beeline to me, and he's like, no, okay, bear in mind, I'm standing in front of a ramen shop that's now closed yes. down, okay? And he's like, what, you guys... And I'm not going to do the accent, but he goes, you guys don't have any gloves in there for this guy? And he's he's got a homeless guy with him. And it was just the weirdest combination of people. Like, they just didn't... I thought because he was dressed so nicely and the homeless guy was with him that he was, A, trying to help him out, B, probably a little bit drunk, or maybe C... Just humoring the guy so the guy will leave him alone and he could pass him off to other group of people so he can make an escape. You know what I'm saying? I thought he was doing something like that. So we're we're all, huh? Gloves? He's like, Yeah, you don't got any gloves in there for him? And so we just did the, well, no, man, sorry, I don't I don't have any gloves. This is the ramen shop. And he he mutters something, and then they start walking off. And the guy turns around, he looks at me, and I like nodded him, like, hey, have a good evening. And he's like, don't you fucking wink at me. And he starts, like, yelling, and then he just turned around and walked away. So that was my first experience with, like, actual Chicago people. Wow. Yeah, I I thought, oh, man, am I going to throw down right now? Because I don't want to throw down right now. I would have been fine. Like, I had a lot of help. And uh, knowing that I had Nana with me now makes all the difference in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're getting there, I promise. I'm going to speed this up a little bit. So Friday comes along. I wake up with a headache, like a pretty good one. (laughs) And I'm trying to get myself, you know, Shooking out so I can go and I took a shower and everything and I go down to the con. Again, this is all connected. So there's these tunnels. It was around 30 something degrees and there are tunnels that connect the hotels to the event center. It's like a 10 minute walk. Get there. First people I run into are Nana, Brian from pop culture leftovers and and Rebecca, just all these great people. Scott Shudi, tons of people. And, uh, I got to meet them. Brian set me up with a lanyard and all that stuff because I was walking around with a stupid pass, and then the day began. Now, what we did was there was we didn't really have much to do outside of have some beers and whatnot, but we did get to meet Donny Cates, man. Donny Cates. I, I'm a huge fan of Donnie Cates. I mean, I've been talking... I talked about Donny Cates on the first episode where he did this comic called God Country.
1: I remember that. You, uh, you gave yeah. it to me to read. I have it.
2: Yeah, I'd like it back. But anyway... Um, <laughs> only been two and a half years is what i'm saying i mean but, yeah uh, yeah
1: I, I traded it for yeah. lock and key but go on
2: i'm just waiting to get it back sir but anyway okay. I mean, i'm just fucking you with you
1: uh, are you though go ahead
2: you know what this is gonna be a long story i don't need your shenanigans steve all right okay I'm just saying. but he's also he's also riding venom right now and absolute carnage and he's got he's doing the current thor run too this guy is what i you know i'm not a big comic guy but i do feel that he's a major component to the future of marvel and he's turning out some really cool shit I didn't get to talk to him too much because, of course, there's this big line. And he was being as friendly as possible. There was no handshaking involved. But Michael Winkler decided he was going to go ahead and shake his hand anyway. Man was gracious. And then he currently, he just like dipped his hand in Purell. So we're getting to this whole coronavirus thing, people. Not yet, but just be careful. Michael felt bad, of course, but we just teased him and everything was fine. Uh, But I did get to ask him about God Country because they were supposed to be making a movie. I heard about this some time ago last year, maybe. And he said that it is in production. They're looking for actors right now. So, guys, if you haven't read God, he writes so much good stuff, particularly if you like Marvel. But if you haven't read God Country, something that comes from him when he was an independent writer, check it out. They're making a movie about this, and it's going to be sick. And I cannot wait. I just I hope they do it right because it's such a fantastic story. So I was like pumped that I got to meet him. Got you know he signed a graphic novel of uh, Venom for me, and that was that man. And then we just kept going. What were some of the other things we did? Um, I got to hand out some Heroes of Noise stuff, man, without being too hoary about it. Just, hey, man, let me give you this. Let me give you this. And it was cool to see people start wearing that shit throughout the weekend. You know, because people have handed me things before. And I'm like, hey, thanks. And then it just, I lose it or whatever. So we were building our little troop, man, throughout the weekend. Uh, We went to see the Walter Koenig panel. You know who Walter Koenig is?
1: I don't know who Walter Koenig is.
2: He's from the original Star Trek series. Oh,
1: Chekhov. Chekhov.
2: We are looking for nuclear weapons.
1: Yes,
2: great panel. Uh, he's an old guy now. I think he's like eighty-three, somewhere between like eighty-two Jeez, really? and eighty-five, right around there, and still really funny. But and it's going to go dark for just a second as I'm watching this and seeing his slight confusion as to where questions are coming from or where he's supposed to stand or you know, the generation. The generational gap was very apparent because a lot of people were asking me questions that were a little more modernized having to do with perhaps like technology or just, you know, things like that. Yes. And, and I just thought to myself like, man, how many more of these are we going to see? of This guy He's a great guy, but you can only go so long. You know, there's, there's only so many people that can just rock it to their nineties, like Stan Lee. Right.
1: That's very true. I mean, Hey, Hey, look, we're about to nominate possibly a president about that old. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. 80 is, 80 is, is the new 60.
2: 80 is, okay, we got 80.
1: Let's work work with it. (laughs) That's what 80 is, Steve.
2: Just my opinion. Um, But anyway, yeah, so we did that, and then it was time to take a break, and I did see my age kicking in, man, because the night before really got to me. So I was one of the few that was like, you know what, I'm going to go back and just lay down for a little bit. They were like, what? Because people were just going and going. going As a matter of fact,
1: I was talking to Nana a little bit that night, or a certain night. I forgot which night. And we were going back and forth, and he straight up said... I'm going to go back to the the hotel and get some sleep. And I'm I'm crashing. I'm like, wow, folks is tired than a mug, man.
2: Dude, we went hard. We really did. I mean, it wasn't like... Well, there were some crazy moments, but we we went pretty hard. And I went harder than I normally do because I was just trying to keep up. But there was a point where I'm like, I gotta go lay down for a little bit. I got the old man jokes out of the way and did my thing. Came back out and we crushed it though, man. We 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 turned out any place that we went to this weekend. It was fucking awesome. So um there was supposed to be on Friday there was supposed to be karaoke. We were all gonna go to this place and do karaoke. I was excited about that. I I like to karaoke Oh, I can't wait this story. I I enjoy a good karaoke. Yes. Oh, it didn't happen though. Jesus I know. No, it's okay because really it saved us a bunch of money And what happened after that Was better in my opinion Okay So um, Scott Shooty Ended up getting a suite He had his normal room But he ended up using Some of his travel po- I don't know how that works But he ended up getting This pretty awesome suite And everyone decided well, We're going to go there You're going to save money You can bring your own booze It's kind of It's more intimate It's just us There's no yeah. other people around yeah, You know yeah, what I mean yeah. So yeah. so I, th- I said cool That's a great idea We yeah. go up to this I go up to the suite And as soon as the elevator opens I just said, ah! Woo I mean, it's fucking loud. I'm like, oh, this must be where the party is. I walk in, and yeah, everyone was there from the leftover army, and it was just a wonderful experience, man. And and it was weird. It was like the old school kind of keg party setting, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And it just it just felt. I was like, I was. I mentioned them. Like, I haven't been in this kind of in, like a setting for a long time, and it, it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, people in the other rooms didn't agree, so yeah. we, we were really loud. We were singing out loud. I am not going to confirm nor deny that I may have yelled, Rock and roll, motherfuckers! At the top of my lungs at some point. Uh, I don't know. It's alleged. Okay, But, uh, and it wasn't just me. Allegedly. It was just a lot of us having a a really, really fun time. That's beautiful. Yeah, singing. I mean, just groups. I mean... It sounds weird out of context, but at one point everyone was singing the theme to the Golden Girls.
1: <laughs> and, oh, I uh, love it! Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And you know, we uh, they had this great speaker. I forget what the speaker was called, but it was we were cranking some Lionel Richie. Things were good, liking the vibe, and then suddenly, and you know how what goes on from there. So we had three strikes. First strike was. Done. That's your first strike. You guys got to be quiet. Second strike is everyone has to leave. And third strike is Scott had to bounce out of the place. And we didn't want to do that to him. So we all just said, let's go downstairs and see what's going on. And we'll plan our next move. That's exactly what we did. As soon as we get into the lobby, dude, the fuck, the elevators open up. And there is a massive, massive party going on in the lobby. Everyone's dressed up and from their cosplay and stuff or just hanging out. Everyone that was at the show is there. And we, I got to tell you, dude, that was probably my funnest night as far as just we just it was just this really cool place of like minds. Everyone was mingling, we were drinking, shots were going. It's not all about the alcohol, of course, but that was a big part of it. And and but this is where we just kind of got to really get to know people. Everyone was loosened up, and it was the first night that everyone was together. And these people, dude, let me just tell you something about these people. They they make you feel so welcome. There was not one even kind of an asshole unless of course possibly it was me because you know how like there's always one in the room and if you don't know you're that person (laughs) but in my opinion i met nobody with attitudes or just like oh god i just don't want to be around them everyone is just so warming lots of hugs were given i just kind of fell in love with these people and we really got to know each other there i got close to some people not close but of course you know you can only be so close in in a matter of hours but i got closer to some people that i'd um Never even talked to, but had kind of seen around the community and everything like that. And it was just, it was a really, really fun time, man. I got to tell you, I if I could have stayed in that lobby for the entire weekend, I probably would have. But I would have probably died of alcohol poisoning, of course. But other than that, it was good.
1: That is freaking amazing. Did, and did anybody from The Leftover Army do any cosplay?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Quentin was there. I ran into Quentin on Saturday. Q was there. I didn't get to talk to you so much Q and I'm I'm sad about that. Your wife is is a beautiful person. You guys make an excellent couple and everything and, and you're so sweet. And I really wanted to spend more time with them, but I think the con took it out of him that on Saturday, dude, cuz he was dressed up as uh, Professor Hulk. He shaved off oh, his beard. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, I
1: saw and, that he was like he had a baby face.
2: Yeah, did you see the uh picture of uh him with Mark Ruffalo? I did not. Yeah, they took cuz he was there. He did uh, some signings, he did a panel, but they got a great group photo with them. And uh, yeah, it was just super fucking cool. Oh my gosh, I didn't even, I I didn't even tell you, dude. So we, (laughs) oh wait, that's coming up. I'm sorry, I'm a little lost on on my time frame here. But anyway, that was the night. So we had a a fantastic time. We stayed up. I think I went to bed around four in the morning. I remember walking back with a group of people and we were all just kind of like bumping into the walls. But in a good way, There there was no drama or anything like that. But four in the morning is about the time I went to bed. Saturday comes and I woke up hurting. Like I was, not feeling very well at all and uh nana calls me he's like hey man i'm gonna be on my way because he nana stayed like across chicago from what i understand so he was going back and forth and it, it just now okay let me let me explain something to you and i think you know what i'm talking about you know me dude you know how i am like i don't want to share a, a room with anyone and i think you know you're the same way right like if you're going yes. two guys are going to go hang Bro, out you the city. already know dude. yeah exactly so i'm i'm well, I, I'm actually less of what I thought. I, I really thought that I was going to be adamant about that because I just—that's my thing. I want my privacy. If I want to do whatever I want to do in that room, I want to be able to do it without having to worry about the the feelings or considerations of others. You know, so that's where I'm at. But Nana asked me. He's like, "Hey, can I leave some stuff in your room? That way, I don't have to go across town." And I'm like, "Dude." it was weird how it just came out so quickly because n- normally I would have been like, uh, and have to think about it for a second. And I was like, no, of course Nana, that's, that's just how cool he is. So he brought some stuff over. He was able to kind of basically I gave him a key and just do what you got to do because that, Nana's man. my boy. Nana is a friend for life now. And, uh yeah, um, yeah, Winkler came by the room and stuff. And, and then we had another visitor, which I'll get to in a little bit, but it, it, you know, I got to be careful on that one. But yeah, it, anyway, dude, what I'm trying to say is I was just feeling love all around okay. and we, so that party commenced and then I woke up and then it comes over where am I at I'm sorry I'm just retracing my steps so then uh we go out to eat and this is the thing with me I think this is a reason why I was getting so hammered at the first couple of nights is when I travel I can't eat a lot like have you ever been in a situation where you're you're not feeling sick or anything but you maybe you're just not hungry and you bite into something and it just doesn't want to go down you don't you're yes. chewing it and chewing it and chewing it that's how yes. I get sometimes when I travel so didn't really have a lot of food in me man and I'm thinking that might have been part of the there was there was no problem but it definitely helped with the buzz so we uh had decided on Friday that four of us wanted to get like pitch in because it was I think came out to like 250 bucks all the way around right four of us go in and we get to take pictures with the cast of the boys so it was myself it was Brian. I was also hanging out with Kevin Shanks that day. That's when he showed up. He showed up on Saturday. And again, dude, just such an awesome, awesome individual. And so it was me, myself, Brian, and Kevin Shanks with the cast. We had um, Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander. We had Carl Urban, we had, uh, who's Butcher. Aaron Moriarty, who is Stargirl, or excuse me, Starlight. And uh, Laz Alonzo, who's Mother's Milk. And then, ah, I forget her name, but she plays uh, Queen Maeve. And it's weird. I don't mean to sound mean when I say this, but I think I don't remember her... Because she was with such big personalities and she struck me as a very quiet person. So like even in the picture, when you look at the picture, you see us posing with everybody and she's in the back looking like she's just trying to get into the picture. That wasn't the case, of course, but it was was a little weird. But uh, she seemed like a nice person, too. All those people were super dope, like super friendly. Laz Alonzo had never done a con before. I didn't know that yet. But I'm like, man, this guy's enthusiastic. He was like, hey, what's up, big man? And giving fist bumps. And he was just like super, super friendly. And we only had so much time with them. Like it wasn't a matter of like, because they were so busy. And it was just like, take a picture out. Take the picture out. So there wasn't a lot of time to, to do anything. Where I saw other photos, you know, like photo ops where they were, let's pose. You, can't, you pick me up. Or you know what I mean? You make the picture a little funny. My idea was, is I wanted to have a picture of us posed to where it looks like we're all beating the shit out of each other. I thought that would have been fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like one of us down on the ground. That and would like be fun, dude. Carl Urban's like got a fist in your face or something like that. But it was just something that we couldn't work out. Anyway, the picture came out great. And it's uh, I'm so happy to have that. But yeah, dude, I got to meet the boys. It was it was pretty crazy. I was standing next to Homelander. I, I, I was like fanboying out like a motherfucker. In between Homelander and Carl Urban. Come on. Dude, that's crazy. And also,
1: I wonder if Homeboy's real name is Laz. Why is that? Because Laz Alonda, Alonzo. I, I, I'm imagining... His name is, is more than that.
0: Like Lassandre?
1: Yeah, it's probably like a longer name because I was like, oh, yeah, i Like, Lassandre Alonso. I've, I've, I've,
0: I've,
1: something like that. But he seemed really, like, pleased to be there. Of everyone, yeah. he just seemed really happy to be there.
2: Yeah, well, at the panel, he lets us know that it was his first panel ever. So... You know, I think he was – we got him at, the, at his best for a panel because, you know, two years from now, he's going to be like, what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> because it's just so many people. You know, you got this whole – who knows what virus we'll be dealing with then. But, yeah, man, I was – I felt really – I don't know. It's weird. Like, I've met super – not super – well, yeah, superstars to me. But I've met celebrities before. And I was having a fanboy moment several times this weekend between Donny Cates and then standing next to Carl Urban, who's my age, by the way. So, if anyone looking at that picture, He's my age. Fuck genetics is what I'm getting at, man. Gee, you Jesus. look younger. I, you know what? I would rather look like Carl Urban. If he looked 20 years older than me, I would rather look like Carl Urban. That's a handsome son of a bitch right there. And a little intimidating because everyone was like, hey, how you doing? Fist bump. How you doing? Fist bump. How you doing, Carl Urban? No fist bump. Hello. I'm like, oh shit. I'd be <laughs> so like, Listen, Carl, I don't
1: know who you thought I was, bruh. I'm like, who look, sorry I was.
2: You never heard of them heroes of noise, though, huh? So it's like, you pin. know what I'm saying? He just, ate, he, just, dude, man. he just ate the pin. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> swallowed it like it was a fucking Tylenol or something like that. But uh, I appreciate Brian. Brian's like, That's nope. Joking. Brian was not going to have it. He just held his fucking fist out until he finally got a fist bump. So good on you, Brian. I felt offended. And if you look in the picture, too, I really kind of wonder if... Like, I didn't... He was not unfriendly at all. I don't want to give him that, that, that vibe that Carl Urban was unfriendly. But... I think he probably done the most cons out of most of those people. Just my guess yes. with the Marvel background and everything like that. You yeah. can tell by the way he stands. All the other people have arms around everyone. And Carl's just kind of like standing, smiling, very, you know, like a nice smile. But the way he's standing tells me, oh, you don't want to touch anyone. And I get that. Dude. I really do. He's probably, There's a lot, of, he, lot of germs w- out there.
1: Between Star Trek. He was in Star Trek, right? Yeah. And, and He Thor. Was in, he was, uh, Judge Dredd. Or yeah. dread. By the way, He's I just saw that for the first. Like crazy, that was a I just movie,
2: saw dude. Dread for the first time on the way back.
1: Really good,
2: dude. That movie rules. <laughs> really good. Uh huh. Brian was like, "You've never seen this movie," and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know why. I just, I just really haven't." Really good. Yeah. I thought is what's really bad. I knew it existed, but for some reason, when people would say Dread to me, the first thing I would think of would be the Sylvester Stallone fiasco, and so I never really. It was like Sylvester Stallone, and I want to
0: say I it was like Sandra that movie
1: yeah, and but it's no, but it's, it's uh, it's, it's Sylvester Stallone and uh, uh, Rob, Rob, the dude. Oh, uh, uh, tacos, Steve. <laughs> oh, yeah, name? Rob Schneider. Yeah, him and Rob Schneider were in there. Oh, okay. One.
2: So that's my only reference. But holy shit, guys! That's if you ridiculous. haven't seen Dread, that is a badass movie, and we need a sequel. I don't think it's gonna happen. No. You'll hear that in the panel. But oh my god, check it out! It's I think I, re- so I think good. I bought and it for. I bought it for five bucks on iTunes. It's totally worth it.
1: Uh, do you go iTunes? So you go iTunes, not Prime Video.
2: Uh when I'm purchasing, normally yeah. yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Really? That's interesting. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But we'll it's always wonderful when someone refers a movie to you and it's really good. That yeah. feels fantastic.
2: It went to, you know, very high to the like there's a top tier of movies and it's definitely up there. I was super impressed with this movie. It's, it's yeah. it was just it was just really fun. And Judge Dredd's a great character. There's also a uh band called Anthrax, and they have a song that came... I mean, they wrote this song, I mean, in the 80s off an album called Among the Living, and it's called I Am the Law, and it's totally about Judge Dredd. You could put this song to the movie, and it plays out perfectly. It's it's really cool. So I'm not saying that they did that to, like, you know, fit with the song, but I'm thinking it's just straight source material, and I could be wrong. Don't go correcting me. I know there's a lot of people that have read Dredd. Johnny, you can correct me if you want to. You're my boy. But I'm just saying I think that that's what I drew from it. But uh, yeah, anyway, great movie. Check out Dread. So where was I, Steve? Um, After that, we went straight to the panels. And that's where we saw I was hanging out with Kevin and uh, Kevin and I saw the Arrow panel. So there was Stephen Amell there. And then I forget her name, but she plays Felicity. She was on there. And that was another one I wish I would have recorded. It's like I'm not into Arrow. My son's into Arrow and I wanted to go check it out for him. And I ended up really enjoying that. There's just some time there's just certain people that are they have a great chemistry and they just know how to work a crowd. And it was it was fantastic. Great panel. Right after that was the um Umbrella Academy panel, which was really good too. And again, you'll hear that. And then of course the the boys was on Sunday. So okay, so it's Saturday now. I go back to do my resting. Okay, I gotta rest a little bit, Steve. And then uh we ended up going out to this place. Now I'm not gonna say the name of this place because well, the story I'm about to tell, but I th- I think the place is a okay, but it seems to me that there was some, there were some dick moves pulled by the employees. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the group just wants to kind of put that place aside and never go back again. Like for next year, for instance, it okay. won't be there. Okay. But that said, cool place. I enjoyed myself there, but then shit kind of went crazy. So, um, we get to this place and I'm late, not late. I showed up with Nana and, and, uh, Michael Winkler. So it's not late at all. I'm saying it's probably like nine thirty, nine forty five. Everyone, you got made there. a
1: great entrance. In- you just waited for the entrance. That's all you had to. You make like, a- you have to. Yeah. You have to with no. the Elvis Presley horns. Da 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 You just ran it. That's it. Da 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 I used the
2: fam- I used the Family Feud music for some reason. It was really- that's all they had on the juke. But that's I, fine. I go in there, and it was cool. You know, it, again, I, I was really nervous about being accepted in a group that's not. Essentially ours. It's not the Heroes of Noise podcast community. It's the leftover army. And these people are all super tight. So I did kind of go in there feeling like, even though some of the, you know, there's there's definitely crossover there now. And and I'll get to that. But people just made me feel so welcome, dude. And they were so complimentary to our show and everything. So that went away really quickly. So when I get in there, it's probably like 945, close to 10, and I get, hey, what's up, Dan? Everything. And then suddenly the room parts, like in the movies, the room parts, sir. Okay. This blue light comes down. There wasn't even a light there, Steve, but for some reason there's just blue light comes down. Yeah. And it just, it just envelops this person that's standing in the middle of the room. Jonathan fucking Root is standing <laughs> in the room. What? Yeah, Jonathan Root showed up, dude. And uh, Jonathan, listen, I know that you're part of the leftover army now, man, but um, I got to tell you, man, thank you. The fact that you showed up to hang with me And I know you wanted to meet everyone else too, but you know what I'm getting at, dude. That was, it made my fucking jaw drop, dude. I was just like, what? Like Jonathan roots here. So I got to hang, I had FaceTime with him, dude. He bought me a couple of beers. We sat, we had some conversation about music, um, life in general. Uh, He is so awesome.
0: That is awesome. It's
2: so awesome, dude. And it's just, uh, and it just really, even though, like I said, there's crossover. I felt like that was the first person from our group of people that made the trip specifically. Do you know what I'm saying? And I didn't get like this big head about it or anything like that, but it was touching. It was really cool. So um, I got to tell you, Jonathan, thank you. you. You you were a highlight of the weekend, man. And you were an absolute pleasure to talk to. And I hope that we can do that again soon. Super, super, super fucking cool, man. That's Seriously. beautiful. Got to tell you, Steve, you missed out. If you haven't guessed yet, you have. I, you, I'm trying oh, to shorten. Oh, it sounds like
1: it. I I'm know definitely. You're, I can even am, up the, the yeah.
2: evenings and the, everything that went on and everything. But um, dude, you, you missed out to say the least.
1: The thing is, I already know. Like the, you're not even giving me the gr- like. You're you're giving me as much as you can. I don't think people know how much they miss out until they go and yeah. think about them missing out the last year. Exactly. I so just, I won't understand. I like right now. I'm just like, oh, I sure wish I would have yeah, went. No. But you're like, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know until you go. Yeah.
2: Well, it's just it's not so much of the things that you're doing, but the people that you're doing them exactly. with. And exactly. And the conversations that are had. And it's like I hit it off with Brian so well on this trip. I always had a feeling I would. I mean, we you know we've done the show together and. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a guy named St- oh Stephen Farshid, by the way, I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Farshid, Farshid. I think it's Farshid. Um, I got to talk with him several times, dude. And, and on Thursday night, he was very complimentary about, about just the show. You know, he's he just started, he's just starting to listen to the show right now. That's he awesome, was, man. He was very complimentary and he was just another person. Sorry. it's a kind of a random thing, but I, I wanted to give him some props because what a nice fucking person this guy is too. And I believe that I'm hoping you're still listening, Stephen. So let me know if you are. All right. But, uh, Let's see, where was I at? So yeah, Jonathan Roots was there. And again, just so cool of him to come. And then I start meeting all these other wonderful people. I already mentioned two of them, uh, Joe Stark and his wife, Lindsay. They are just so, I can't explain it, bro. They're just like, when you look at them, they're just smiling and they just look so nice and so warm. You just want to go up and hug them. I know it sounds weird, but (laughs) I just really enjoyed spending time with them. I wish I could have spent more time with them, but then the evening started getting crazy. Uh, I know I was feeling no pain and I I'm hoping that what I'm interpreting as a wonderful evening and spending time with people wasn't, um, like, well, okay, that's what he got for us. But I thought he was a little obnoxious. I don't feel like I misbehaved or anything, but you know, I like to have fun. So I'm hoping that I didn't come off like, like, like an obnoxious asshole. I'm hoping it was more of like, they're feeling what I'm feeling because yeah. I, I had, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah, this place was really cool, man. It had these, uh, These video screens up and it was playing nothing but like 80s music all night. So there was lots of a lot of music talk. Um, This is where I think the obnoxiousness came in singing and whatnot. Everything's fun. We're going back down and, you know, outside again. I was hanging out with some smokers and I met this guy. What was his name? I think it was the singing Marine. He was this homeless guy. Got to sing. Yeah, got Mm -hmm. to sing with him. There's video floating around of that somewhere. It was just a great time. Now, I, this is where I got to kind of be cool about it. So things took a shift like towards the end of the night. They were starting to close. You know, they were closing out the tabs and uh, there was some, there was a couple of people there that had a little too much. That's all I'm going to say. They had a little too much to to drink and one of them ended up going back to the hotel. You know, there was very minimal problems, but there was one person and I'm going to be very vague about this because I feel um, I just owe this to them because we've all had these moments in our lives. You know, if you drink and you you, you party. You have probably had too much at one point and it was just this guy's time. So I'm hanging out with people and talking dumb shit and suddenly I hear, by the way, Steve, I don't know if this is why, but I'm going to go ahead and blame this on you. Perhaps now, because I know over the last year I have kind of given a little more <laughs> insight into what I do, right?
1: Yes, yes.
2: But that probably would never have come up. So Steve, <laughs> you've, been <doing> t- <laughs> you've been doing this to me since what, t- 2016, I believe is where we are. 2016, you've been telling people, I'm a doctor, I'm a, a, you know, whatever, a nurse. For a while, it was a doctor, and I know I, I cleared that up, but yeah. this is what happens. I, and I do believe this is a direct result of it. By the way, I was happy to do so. It just was, caught me off guard.
1: Before so, you start, I'm just going to let you know, and you're not going to go deep into the details. No. Almost this exact thing happened, and I was the person on the other side.
2: You mean, like, you were in my position, or you were someone had- uh uh-uh. Ooh, okay,
1: all right. I want to hear that. So, story. so wow. I feel when you were telling me the story, I'm like, I feel for him because I was him. A
2: little too much, gi- little too much ginger ale for you, bud. Oh
1: no, like almost hospital visit.
2: Okay, all right. So we're, but we're going. But go somewhere. on. So I suddenly hear my name.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Someone is down on the ground, and they're they're Jesus. they're vomiting. And um, I just hear Dan. <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck! And the first thing I think is, "Fuck you, Steve! God damn you!" So I I run over there. In all seriousness, I didn't think that. I go over there. And um, I'm not going to make this like, oh, damn, save the day. I just did the best I could do, you know, um, trying to make sure because someone didn't have consciousness with them. And I, I did what I have done before in certain situations. And everyone really worked well together. Now, this mm-hmm. is where, the, this is where the, uh, the, bad, the bad behavior upon the, uh, the place really kind of pissed me off. So they're just trying to close. The, I get it. You're trying to pl- close the place up. You've been working all day. You want to move people out and it's not your responsibility, right? I, I get that. Yeah. But it's the way that you present yourself. So this guy comes in. I just started calling no offense to you, but I just kept calling him Steve the Doorman. And, uh, oh, thanks. I appreciate it. I don't know why Steve, no, it's it just the a, first name that came it's up. It's subconscious. I'm thing thinking it was subconscious. I was going to say it's probably, I, I'm subconscious on several levels because I'm mad you were supposed to be there. And then also because of you, I think this is why my name was called. Was he black? <laughs> what? Was he black? No. Well, you think only black? Matter of fact, I think you're the only <laughs> black guy I know named Steve, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, here comes Steve the <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is why I said that. I just needed a name, but I remembered I know, I'm saying guilty,
1: it.
3: Dude. Was no. um.
2: He's like, all right, everyone needs to get out of here except for the people that are dealing with it. And there was this uh, another wonderful human being I met by the name of June Choi who was like, oh, hell no. We're staying right here because we're taking care of our own. You're not getting us out of this place until we get this guy down. Uh, what I failed to tell you is that it's a two, uh, two-story two place, very steep stairs, okay? Jeez. So, I'm, um, you know, we finally uh, – the short version is we finally get this guy to a booth that's right before the stairs. The guy carried him out. And – um. Then he tells me he's like, you know what, you need to back off. Like I, I do this for a living, and I just was like, oh motherfucker! Like that's when the the that's when I'm like, I I was just so pissed because like again. I have it. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an RN. You know, um, I would definitely feel like if I needed to call EMS and get them involved, I would do so. And that's what I told them too. I said I'm going to do what I can. By the way, it, it all ended up fine. But at the time, it was a little bit touch and go. It was scary for me because it's like, wow, I'm here. I am being a you know a drunken lunatic, and the next thing I know, I had to like completely sober up. And uh, but I told him, I said I will do everything I can in my in my power to help him out. But I'm not. And I said that. The only reason, and people probably didn't even know why I said that, but I'm thinking if anyone has listened to the show, I'm not a doctor and y'all need to know that. So, anyway, they were all cool about it. And, uh, but here's the problem these steps were really steep and he was like jelly. Like we were thinking, okay, well, maybe we can just like grab onto him like weekend at Bernie style and kind of just take him down the stairs. But he was so like just jelly and, 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 you know, loose muscle, just dead weight that was just really hard to do. So we're thinking, what are we going to do to get this guy down? And then I hear. Ugh! And I look over and fucking Nana Pratt lifts this dude up and puts him over his shoulders. Like like how a, like a hunt, an old school hunter would carry a deer down a hill or something. You know what I'm talking about? Just over the shoulders like a like a shawl. And you just, he's like, uh, and he's just like walking down the stairs. And I'm doing nothing by the way. I'm just trying for, and I don't even know what I could have done, had this happen, but I'm trying to give him some leverage from the, the front of him. In other words, like push him back just a tiny little bit so he doesn't lose his balance and go forward. And I'm doing nothing, but I'm helping him down the stairs. But Nana did all of this by himself, dude. Got this guy outside, got him onto the park bench and, or not the park bench, but the bus stop. And, um. We thought, well, let's take his jacket off for just a second so we can get him. You know, that, you know how like the, the the cool porcelain will make you feel better if you're not feeling well. We uh, wanted some cool air to kind of wake him up, and it did a little bit. We kind of got him going again. But then what happened was no one really knew what to do with him, and I didn't know what to do with him. We asked him; he was he was at least coherent enough to know that he didn't want to go to the hospital. We didn't want to. I wouldn't abandon anyone, so we ended up taking him back to my room again. Going back to what I was saying originally, you know how I am about privacy in a room, right? So. I did have to get out of my comfort zone a little bit, but I was happy to do it. This guy's a wonderful person, and you know, um, I don't want to like get him all mortified because this shit happens, and that's why I'm not going into these crazy, crazy details. But um, so, needless to say, he he slept in our room. Nana was with me. Nana was just sitting there watching uh, anime all night, and then dude, he dude woke up. He was he was okay, and you know, a little embarrassed, but he left, and everything was fine after that. So that was the only speed bump that happened the entire weekend, but I was happy to do it. And I'm just glad the guy's okay. Again, he's a super, super nice person. And we've all had that moment where we just, something goes awry, you know, maybe it's the, the alcohol's too strong or maybe you didn't have enough to eat or it just hits you weird. Maybe you forgot you took some medication. I mean, anything can happen, you know, oh, I know sure. I've been in pretty much all three of those situations. So, I'm just, you know, I, I won't say names. It's it's his deal. Uh, if you were if you were there, you know. You know what I'm saying? And, and it really doesn't need to go any further than that. But I want yes. to thank, I just really honestly, if you're listening to this, because I don't know how many people will listen to this show after this weekend. There's a lot of people there that didn't listen to Heroes. There was a, a, quite a few that did, and it was fucking awesome. But there are people that I think that might be listening for the first time. And if you are, I just want you guys to know that I, I really thank you for stepping up and helping us, because it was a team effort, and like... We handled that shit brilliantly. So thank you so much, man. Honestly, you fucking God. Not only are you awesome and friendly, but you're just helpful. And dude, that is the tightest community ever. And they filter out the the weak. They filter out the assholes. You know what I'm saying? They don't filter out the week. I'm saying they, they filter out the people that would make something into a negative situation. They're just not there. It's not an issue. And it's just such a wonderful place to be. So, you know, I, I, would, I wouldn't tell you folks to. What I would tell you guys to do is to listen to who I consider a, a true friend show, uh, you know, Brian from pop culture leftovers, listen to pop culture leftovers. They do a fantastic job of breaking down everything when it comes to pop culture and they do yeah. it weekly, you know, I think we do a good job too. But the thing is, is that we are who we are. You know, we, we like to get a little bit more tangential from time to time, but if you want a solid, solid pop culture show where it's just that all the time, it's funny. It's, it's a long show so you can travel with it and everything. Pop culture leftovers, um, Dude's my friend for life, too. And I got to meet Jake as well, the co-host. That's on Sunday. But, yeah, guys, listen to that, okay? Because there, with that goes this amazing group of people. And I will let you find out how to be there. It's not my job to just steer you there because you need to get there yourselves. Anyway, so that was uh, Saturday, Steve. And then on Sunday, we just went to um, the con, and it was the uh, boys' panel. And that was pretty much all that I was there for was the boys' panel because I was already just spent, like, all of our all of our voices were gone at this point. We looked exhausted, so I walked around a little bit um and we got to meet like I said Jake the other co-host showed up finally he had some some car trouble and whatnot that kept in uh, some pet trouble that kept him from coming to the con, but he showed up just to say hi and and do a couple of things spent a little bit of time with them and then that was it. We parted ways, man. Some people went on because they were going to be there another night, and they went to this guy Dan Hepner's house, and they had a little party there. But me, I just hung out in my room, ordered some Lou Malnati's pizza. No, no, no. It wasn't Lou Malnati's, man. It was uh, – I had that too. By the way, not a fan. You ever heard of Lou Malnati's pizza? Chicago pizza? I have not, not. They're always talking about Chicago deep dish and everything. I don't want to hate, but it's not my thing. I would much rather have some New York pizza or even just like California pizza. versus. Yeah, that.
1: I've from people I've heard from you now, I heard from uh, Melissa in New York. And she's like, uh, yeah, not what they say. It's, f- it's fine. California pizza is just as good. They're bugging. I'm like, oh. And yeah. You, you know, y'all go to the best place. Where is the spot? And everyone's like, go to this spot. And you go yeah. and you're like. Oh, it's pizza.
2: Yeah. It's <laughs> what you're telling I me. I mean, it's definitely it's, it's definitely a distinct looking pizza, you know? It's it's a deep dish. It looks like it's upside yeah. down if you I saw it, that. Chicago it pizza. looked like it was missing something. It, yeah, it was missing goodness. It just was not good. <laughs> I just didn't like it. Uh to be fair, I mean, I yeah. like a I like like a meat pizza, but um, that was way too much meat on there and I just Anyway, I'm not here to hate on Lou Malnati's, but I was surprised because I heard so many good things about it. I couldn't wait to try it, and it was not what I was expecting. Can you
1: can you break down the name? Is it Lou Malnati's or Loom Elnati's?
2: It's, no, it's Lou, L O U, and I believe its spelling is M A L N A T T T I S. Oh, okay,
1: so it's Lou Malnati's. Okay, because I was like, is it Loom Elnati's?
2: Yeah, okay. like not like Luminati or something. It's like Lou Malnati.
1: That actually is clever. What if that's what Anyway.
2: No, I think it's just a guy named Lou Malnati. That has a name that sounds like Illuminati, I think. Probably,
1: and I, I don't. I believe. I bet you that that place is like ever since 1910, and so Lou's probably not exactly around
2: now. If it's sponsored by like the Shriners or something like that, you know, there's some backing there. Then maybe we have an issue.
1: Yeah, buddy. Anyway, but maybe, yeah. Maybe. Um, so, did
2: you eat the whole thing? No, I ate two. Well, again, I was having that thing with the travel eating. So I only took out – it was a little mini pizza. It was four pieces, but, dude, it's not like a normal four-piece pizza. It's like eating a casserole. So I had about two pieces, and I was done. Didn't want to go back to it. It was fine. Yeah, but, like, now, again, this is something you're just going to have to assume. I'm sure it's happened to you before, but you come home hammered. Anything's good. You know what I mean? I yeah. just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't eat it. It was really weird. But uh, Sunday night, I did order out. I didn't go to the place and have it fresh, but I did order it out from uh, Uber Eats, and it was um, a place called Portillos. You ever heard of this place? Okay.
1: Yes, I have heard of this.
2: Portillos. Is the shit. Apparently, there's some in California, Southern California. So I plan on going back to soon. But I had the uh, traditional Chicago dog, which was amazing. Okay. It's got pickles and and tomato and onion and and a. Uh, peppers in it and it's it's essentially just a really well put together dog I could completely do this at my house It was very good poppy seed bun very nice and mm-hmm. then I had the Italian beef sandwich with peppers and I know your mouth's watering Steve as much as you love Italian beef but no it's um it was a, a little slice of heaven dude it was so good <laughs> so my my appetite finally came back like the night I was leaving so all I did was from Sunday to getting home on Monday was just stuff my face with everything that I saw airport food it didn't matter Sounds fun, dude. Yeah, it was. Anyway, I just want to say that I wanted to thank, like I said before, I want to thank everyone for being so gracious and and welcoming. And you know, I had now have new friends. I feel like I'm a part of this special little place on the internet. That it's it's if you know, you know, and there's a way to get there, but you're gonna have to find that shit out on your own. It's it's wonderful. Um, it was one of the most fun trips I've ever had in my life. It was one of the most fun weekends I've ever had in my life, and I would. I I honestly as some other people are too because we had this little group chat going and it's still going today people are having the blues like I said it's like leaving summer camp you're hanging out with all these cool people you have all these intense experiences and then suddenly it just like goes away and you got to go back to reality and that's where I'm at and uh, thank each and every one of you if I met you and we hung out and we had some FaceTime and we laughed and whatever you all are fantastic and I cannot wait to see you again next year that's my story Steve
1: that's wonderful dude I loved it. it give this man a round of applause thank you Thank you very much, fantastic,
2: dude. Yeah, um, man, wouldn't trade um, it for the world. Just anything. Um, it was just awesome.
1: I'm glad you actually answered every single one of my questions that I was going to ask you. So that's that's pretty um, impressive, and I'm I'm really glad that you. And you had a good flight.
2: I had a great flight. Um, there was this one kid though, man. Because okay, like Jeffrey. <laughs> no, it wasn't Jeffrey. There were a couple Jeffreys behind me, but they were. Cool. <laughs> Honestly, I had noise cancelers on, and I was watching oh, uh, Dread, so they weren't a problem. What was a problem was that nerves are very high right now, for obvious reasons, coronavirus. Oh, by the way, I really think that I did myself a disservice. I should have planned this out. Granted, I didn't know this was going to be a, a you know a worrisome thing at the time that I bought these tickets, but if I'd have known what's going on now, yes, it's a little bit campy and kind of asshole but if I could have figured out a way to dress up like the coronavirus... You know, it would have, maybe I'd have to have a sign on me or something, someone walking with me saying, beware coronavirus. But, you know, and you have like little like little plastic, you know, like little plastic rubbery things that just kind of hang, jelly kind of material for anything, like for uh, little massager things in your hands or like dish soap gloves, just little tentacles, if you will. I would like to have something like that. And just slightly just brush, against, just brush up against people at the car. I think that would be fucking awesome. It probably wouldn't go over well with everyone, but I no, think that would, it would be, not. I think it would be hilarious. It's just just, slightly, you're dressed like the coronavirus and you just slightly brush against people. That's funny. I think it would be great, but didn't happen. Uh, but on that subject, you know, it's like, I'm I started traveling in the peak of it it seems like and you know now there was there was a, a case in Seattle well guess where I flew to I flew to Seattle airport right um
1: and now it's exploding in Seattle.
2: Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's pretty crazy, you know. And then that other thing is, is that when you go to a con, I actually stayed out of the con more. It was more hanging out with the people. The con, I've been to many a con, so I was I did what I needed to do, and I didn't hang out there any longer than I needed to. Mm-hmm. But that said, when you go to these things, you usually pick up some gunk, and everyone right now has like their like my voice is a little bit shot. And again, I think this is more so the uh the time of the year here in the San Joaquin Valley, yeah. but I'm short of breath and stuff, but Gail's like not having it. She's just like, "Nope, not giving you a kiss on the lips for 2 weeks until you figure out." Like she's just <laughs> the hibernation period. For real, dude. Like she's not having it. And um but it's, you know, it's it's high it's high on everyone's mind right now. So, when I was <laughs> when I was on the plane going from O'Hare to Seattle, there was this kid next to me, two seats down from me. And uh this, you know, teenage kid, probably like 18 years old with his buddy and he had a little cough and he just coughed for four and a half hours straight. Just (coughs) (coughs) like only person on the damn plane and I'm sitting next to him so I, I know they don't work but I had them and I figured you know what screw it I'll at least give myself some kind of placebo <laughs> peace of mind and I put a mask on I kind of put my my nose into my like I'm doing right now into my hoodie and I just I just that's how I was the whole time man and but at one point I had to go dude like look no offense to you I said but I don't know if you're aware there's, there's something going on right now. I don't want to scold you or anything, but if you could please cough into your elbow like this, <coughs> you're going to make a lot more people less tense because people are yes. not wanting to say something to you, but that's what's going on right now. And if it's, that's not the case, it's going on right next to you. So if you could please do that. And then he was cool after that, but it was, I, it took me a while to say that. Cause I'm like, Oh God, why me? Why? That's the whole thing I was on. Why me? Like, yeah, why is dude, it going to be my, you my never row?
1: know, bro. Yeah, you don't.
2: You know, yeah, I mean, that's it, how it starts. I've seen yeah. way too many movies where that's how it starts. Like, mm-hmm. if we go the way we're going right now, like, we're all going to have a planet full of apes in 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, oh, by the way, so um, without getting into it, uh on Saturday with the whole event turn of events thing and helping someone out, there was some vomit involved, okay? And I did get some of that on me, which it's a, it's not a big deal. I'm not going to... It's fine. It's, it wasn't a big deal, but... That happened. So then I get off. I, and by the way, Gills tell me, hey, you know, Seattle. They found a case in Seattle, blah, blah, blah. I get into Seattle, get off of the plane, go to use the restroom. As I'm walking out, someone's walking in. We make eye contact with each other. So it's at that moment right when you can make eye contact with each other before you pass each other, right? The moment I pass him, I hear. What? I turn around, dude. He just projectile vomited. What? Everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening. <laughs> it's it's going to Yeah. And I just thought pretty soon, like within like 30 minutes, the whole fucking airport was going to be just ran with the dead or something like that. The undead. But, yeah. Here's it, the it weird was, part.
1: Um, he was right next to the bathroom. Well, that's what I'm saying. It was. I. Like, uh, why know, not go back it's, in? I've in only
2: here. done this like maybe twice in my life. But there is a point where it's coming out and there's nothing you can do about it. It just. Shoots out, and that's he was, what was he sure going
1: that. into the bathroom or going he was, out? Go,
2: he was probably trying to get to a toilet, but it just he just didn't get there in time, so he just vomited Ugh. all over. But if I would have been maybe a second and a half earlier or later, it would have been all over me, and I would have been like, "God damn it! <laughs> like, what is it this weekend with the vomit?" Jesus, dude. Last night we went to the movies to go see The Invisible Man. I'm walking mm-hmm. in the parking lot, right? Mm-hmm. What do I see in the parking lot? Massive puddle of vomit, and I'm like, "Jesus, dude." What is going on? Like, that's not a thing, I don't think. I don't think vomiting is part of it. But, you know, I've watched a lot of infection movies, Steve, and it's not really sitting, it's not sitting well with me right well,
1: now. Well, if I saw, like, blood, vo- like, a lot of yeah. vomit with blood everywhere, I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, it's happening. The yeah, zombie bro. apocalypse
2: is happening. It's scary, man. We have to take this shit seriously. I mean, it's affecting—it's just starting to affect everyday life now. And, you know, I mean— I don't know, I, I don't, if you don't mind, can we just kind of talk about some of the things that have happened over the course of the last few days? Sure. Like, for instance, no time to die. There's like a whole bunch of time to die now, guys, because it's been pushed back to November 25th. And they're doing that specifically, well, as they're saying, they're doing it for the purposes of, the, you know, like the reasoning is the coronavirus is what I'm trying to say. That was hard to say for some reason. I don't know. Does it mean that they didn't have enough pre-sales and they wanted to push it back? You know, are they just afraid that they don't have enough pre-sales and if that they continue with this this uh, normal time that there's not going to be enough people in the theater? Because theaters are closed in China. Like you can't go to the movie theater in China right now. Yeah. So and I got to be honest with you, you guys, it's I can totally see that happening here. Like there's just shit going on right now. Steve, you and I were talking about what your experience was when you went to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Like people are very conscious of this kind of thing right now. So they're, they're stocking up on food. They're stocking up on gloves. They're stocking up on, by the way, if you guys can get them, because if you go to, um, if you go to like Amazon or something right now, and you're looking for what's called an N95 mask, those are the masks you can get those little masks that people used to see Michael Jackson wearing and shit that doesn't do anything but give you like fake peace of mind. But if you do want a mask that actually will like keep things out, it's called an N95 mask. And those are what you need to get. You can't find them anywhere, but you, you got to be careful. But um, I, I think that that's the way things are going right now, man. And it's a little well, scary.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's freaking, uh, uh, not to get too in-depth, but at, at work yesterday, all the paper towels were gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like.
2: Everyone's washing their hands finally.
1: But I'm like, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, has this whole time people have not been doing it? You betcha. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait people a
2: minute. Are, dude, people are gross and they don't wash their hands.
1: It's really Well, I disgusting. mean, you're talking to a person who washes his hand before he uses the bathroom. Yeah. We're supposed to do that. But then I don't wash my hands afterwards. So you're the worst human being on the face of the earth. If I'm peeing, I just won't. And I just you're won't like, touch anything. My dick doesn't have the coronavirus. But why would I that's what I'm saying? Like I would take I will use the restroom, take a paper towel to open the door to leave because I just but I will wash my hands before I touch my stuff
2: let's just the take home basically folks is Steve does not wash his hands after going pee Thank
1: well you very much now the weird thing is now it's like um here's what I do like I was gonna the other day at Winco it's a local I don't even know if Winco's everywhere anyway at Winco there was a massive cage of Lysol wipes and stuff and so when my homegirl texts me she's like oh I can't find whatever I was like oh go to Winco she went she's like It's empty. Everything's empty. I said, between yesterday and today, like, yeah, everything's gone now. And everyone has Lysol wipes. They're wiping down their area. They're doing this. They're doing that. You know, at the gym, people were like literally spraying their bench before they laid down. And I was like, man, this is for real, dude. This is for real. And I think part of it is because we don't have a competent leader. And so he's not making people feel safe at all. He's like, oh, it's fine. And so that makes people be like, oh, if he's saying it's fine, that means everything is terrible
0: right now.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, seriously, like this is not going to go into the realm of politics right now. But there is something that you need to be aware of if you're not paying attention. Okay, I don't. Well, I do. But for the purposes of this conversation or what I'm about to say, it doesn't really matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican right now. Okay, this is more so. If I'm being quite honest, it's probably more geared towards Republicans, but only the certain sect of them that feel that there's nothing this man says that is false. There's a lot of falsities going on. We know this, but there's, here's the important part, okay? Politics aside, the, what you need to be doing... Is washing your hands for 20 seconds each time you do it. Washing them often, but most importantly, don't touch your face because the virus can't transfer by skin. the virus The virus needs something like a, a path to get through, meaning like your nasal passage, your uh, the membranes of your eyes, your mouth, of course. So if you're touching your face a lot, that is the that's the best way to transfer this. Okay, because with you know it doesn't have that, then it kind of starts to weed out a little bit, but. Make no mistake, there is a freaking problem, a huge problem that's going on right now, an outbreak, and it can totally get out of control. That's the truth. I don't give a shit. You don't have to listen to me. That's that's where I'm at. Oh, here, no, it's totally true, yeah. Yeah, it's just true. It's fucking true. The CDC is saying it. The the WHO is saying it, okay? These are institutions that have been set in place for a very long time to help combat things like this, okay? they. What I'm trying to say is they know what they're doing. What people don't understand... And, and and again, I'm not going to get political, but I am going to talk about Trump. Is that he doesn't fucking know anything about this? Okay, he does. He he. he I know he tells people like, oh, I I know everything about wind. Yeah, huh? You do, you big fucking bag of it. But you don't. He's he's not he's not studying this. Okay, like Trump just didn't go to school for everything and for people to not shake their head and roll their eyes at him saying oh well you know the this is what the cdc says and this is what the who says but you know uh, I, I personally um i have a hunch it's okay and people are like okay then it's fine thank you trump says it's okay guys no it's not like it's that's not how shit works so all i'm saying is try to leave your politics out of shit I, if you're listening to this show something tells me that you i can just say this shit openly but for the one person that's like, oh, these guys are, you know, to the left a bit. Yeah, totally true. But it has nothing to do with that right now. It has to do with keeping your family safe and keeping your friends safe. And, you know, um, this is this affects the very young and the very old. If you're, you know, in your 20s to like, say, 50s, 60s, you're probably a little safer unless your immune system is lowered, which could yeah. be from anything, from HIV to just yeah. anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's There's just so many different reasons. If you're just not feeling well and you happen to get the common cold which is essentially a mutated form of the Corona or the, the Corona is a mutated form of like the common cold. Um, yes. Kevin, if I'm wrong on this, please correct me. But this is what I, I, I feel I've, I, I'm not all versed on this shit. Okay. But I think I know more than some and I've been paying attention and it's just like, yeah, this might just manifest as the common cold, but if your immune system is, is lowered and, but by the way, this is mutating into something else, it's going to be a lot easier for you to catch it. So simply just wash your hands, wipe your surroundings, be conscious of what you're touching, what other people's have touched and don't touch your face. And that's, exactly. that's the best I can do.
1: I think the scariest part is, you know, people were wondering, can you get reinfected? And someone recently got reinfected. And it's like, so you don't get it. And then you have an immunity to it. Yeah. Yeah. That is now that was when I was just like, Oh, so if I shake it, my thought would have been like, we're good. <laughs> Everything's no. straight. I'd be like, no, no, no. Now you have to still be careful. And you know, it's, it's for, for me, it could go left. Real bad, right. Like if it goes left, real bad, it goes left. But if it goes, okay, we lost people, it sucks because those are someone's father, son, wife, daughter, you know, it sucks whenever you lose one person. But if they keep a handle on it and it goes fine, well then great. Kind of like the bird flu. When the bird flu happened, everybody was just like, oh my God. And it did take people out. But if they, this seems, and I may be older, maybe. But this seems different. It smells to me, different to me. To
2: me, it's exactly. I feel the same way. You know, I, I don't know. We're not experts on this shit, so I no, don't. I'm just. I'm just passing on different. information that I think could help you that I have obtained. You know what I mean? But it's certainly yeah. not all of it. But we're not experts on this, Steve. So no, it's no. it's scary, man. We're just trying to help you out. <laughs> they might be
1: canceling it. the Democratic National Convention. Yeah, they might be like, nope, we're not going to do it.
2: They just said that I, uh, the Can- the Cannes Film Festival is threatened on that because yeah, they have a ban yeah. on France has a ban on all gatherings until May thirty first. It's been extended till May
1: thirty first. Look at okay, Microsoft there they put a mandated work from home. Google put a mandated work from home. There's a reason that the smartest people in the room are doing this, and I'm thinking I don't know exactly. Like I was asking you, what does a hospital do? What do you do? Like when you have to be there, they can't just say work from home, nurses. Yeah. But if the nurses were like, "I don't feel comfortable working," what do you do
2: then? I don't know. I think I'm going to find that out very soon. Just because, <laughs> well, like no, easy. no, I'm just saying. Like, I since I've been gone from from work, I haven't really heard anything. And they're they're. I will say that our uh, place that we work, they they do try to stay current on everything. That I yes, would give them that. Like mad, they're really good. mad props to how good they are at that shit. But yes, I don't know what they're going to say because I haven't read any emails or anything like that. So. I mean i'm I'm first contact with these people you know what I mean like it's that's what I'm doing saying. I'm Dan and you're sick so I gotta make sure that I'm not tracking things in I do recommend folks uh, another thing too is um this is something that i I have i don't know why I've struggled to get behind on this but I have been adhering to it lately is don't take your like don't take your your work shoes in and the work shoes are different but like just take your shoes off before you go into the house or yes. leave them at a certain spot don't don't track that shit onto your carpet uh particularly if you're in healthcare because you know there's just but it's another thing, just another little thing you can do to help combat this and keep it out of your home.
1: And yeah, I, I I just, uh, again, I don't want, you know, it's just, it's the only, like last night I was not even tripping at all. I was texting Dan. And then when I started getting texts, I was like, Oh, I've never seen a, a a place look like this before. I've never seen a, a, uh, a store look like this. I've seen it on walking dead where everything's just empty. There's aisles of empty stuff. I'm like I've seen that before, but I've never seen it. But the thing is, is that oh wow,
2: and and I know that people already know this, and it's not like we're trying to contribute to like a widespread panic kind of thing. But you know, we we have been here before. I mean, let's go back to Y two K. People were doing the same thing; they were stocking up. So we've been here before. It's just that this is something that's current. I mean, it's I think it's definitely worth talking about, and I think that. The majority, I think probably all of our listeners are smart enough to go like, oh, yeah, I watch the news and everything. I, I You know what I'm saying? But I don't think that it hurts to kind of reiterate stuff and, and you know, just just repeat. Like, I think that if the more you repeat things, the more people adhere to them. So if we can do anything to help out, I think we're doing it.
1: For sure. I'm, ex- I'm excited for this to be eradicated by the CDC, the smartest people. Uh, um, I, I think they're going to put this in, in, you know, get a vaccine. I'm sure everything will work out just fine. We're all going to get pumped with it. We'll be fine. Or we're going to all turn into superheroes out of nowhere and just uh, evolve into something better.
2: Yeah. just But seriously, guys, again, just try to keep politics out of it because people are going to say whatever the fuck they want to say right now. Because guess what? There's an election this year. You know what I'm saying? So you don't, you just have to keep those things in mind. It doesn't matter. I don't go. I, I do care who you vote for, but that's your business, and you got to do what you got to do. But when it comes to the coronavirus, well, dude, I think it's time for us to do a, a Patreon where we really start speaking our minds. I don't know if this is the format for it, but as far as the coronavirus goes, listen, all we want to do is try and help, and don't let politics get in the way of common sense, because you may end up killing grandma. You know what I mean? Cool Alright let's talk about some happy shit now
1: Alright so what did you like, I know you've been on a plane I know yes, you've sir. been on a train I've no, I was just going to rhyme a bunch of stuff I But I know you've been it, quite but, busy But you have watched a few flicks man
2: Yeah, came back. And uh, by the way, I have been so out of watching movies lately that it's nice to be back to it. I (laughs) have watched a few. I'd I'd want to talk about a few before we get out of here. So um, I think we have seen two of the three that we're going to talk about. I've seen all three. You've seen two of the three that we're going to talk about. Um, You know, I have one more thing. Do we want to talk about real quick? Can I just get your opinion on something before we do this? Yeah. What uh, what are your thoughts on the new Batman photos that just surfaced? Where with the Batman? They
1: think they look dope. They look. Dope.
2: I think it looks super
1: dope, dude. Are you excited yeah. about this? No, I'm not gonna. I'm if it's a picture of us. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'll be like, okay, we'll see what the movie looks like. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I think it, I, I'm
2: excited. I mean, okay. I know Kevin would be the first person. Kevin, what I don't want to say is, is just in case, not Kevin Shanks, but oh, you know, fuck it, Kevin McKnight. I think uh, he would probably tell me that I'm being stupid, but. Ever since The Lighthouse, I'm pretty much sold on anything Robert Pattinson does. And I think he has total, he's, he's totally got like, he's got the look. I think um, he's definitely got the range and he's totally got my support on this one, man. I cannot wait to see this movie.
3: But just, I'm not going to get David.
2: myself all crazy because Batman is not my number one hero or anything yeah, like that. I no. can kind of take it or leave it. I know people love Batman and he's, he's dope, but... I just feel like this is going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a little more based on reality, a little closer to something like Nolan did. Yeah, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens. You know,
1: Kevin McKnight sounds like a
2: young Morgan Freeman. What you mean? Oh, you mean like his uh, his actual voice? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Kevin McKnight sounds like a like he could sing some R and B. That name, don't you think? Oh yeah, you going to the Kevin McKnight concert? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's
1: why I said that. Brian McKnight. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Okay. Well, then, see, you know also, where I'm coming from. Also, yeah, and, and he's just like, I can't do his voice, but when I was listening to him, I was like, Kevin sounds like a young Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Look at this guy. I have to go back and listen now. Kevin, what do
2: you think about this, man? I think that you know what you should do, Kevin, is leave us a voicemail. And answer awesome. Steve. Reply to Steve on this, because then you can reply to him, but we can also hear your voice for reference, or you can go to episode 100 and listen to Kevin at the the segment three, which, uh, God, I loved episode 100. It was great. But um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't want to try and do a, um, <laughs> yes. a Morgan. I can't do Morgan Freeman.
1: But anyway, what have you been watching, bro? All right,
2: so we could talk about this one first. Um, do you want to go? Okay, I, I know your opinion on both of these to some yes. degree. Yes. Do you want to go... Higher or lower 1st You want to go start? higher? You let's go, go, let's high. go happy. Yes. We're going to go happy. All right, all right. Yeah. So both Steve and I, and I just watched this last night, mm-hmm. uh, Steve, but for, so I, this one, I feel like it needs a little time to resonate with me, and I know that yes. you've had time with this. So what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is The Invisible Man. We have both seen this, and we are about to talk about this bitch right now. It just came out in 2020. It was written and directed by Leah. I believe it's Leah one now, and it is an uh, adaptation of a story that's been told before. Um, novel of the same name, H.G. Wells. It was rebooted back... Like, I think in the 30s, the 50s, and I believe there was one that was, oh, that wasn't a, that wasn't the same. But I think, didn't Kevin um, Bacon Kevin do Bacon, something? Right? Kevin yeah. Bacon did something yeah, similar yeah, yeah. to that, right? A little bit shoe. Yeah, 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 there you go. But, no, this is a whole new take on it, and it's done in a way that I I thought it was a, it's a nice fresh spin to it. Yes. You know, you're seeing it from someone else's pers- perspective rather than the Invisible Man's perspective. Yeah. Um, it's Elizabeth Moss, right? I don't know why when yes. I say her name, it just doesn't yeah. sound right when I'm saying it. Yeah, but it stars Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss, uh, Aldous Hodge, Storm Reed, Harriet Dreyer, Michael Dorman, Olivia Jackson-Cohen. Uh, music by Benjamin Walliff. I should not really gotten into this because I cannot say names, but I'm going to say <laughs> I, I believe it's Wallfish. Wallifish, yeah. I believe, is what it is. And yeah. cinematography by Stefan Duccio. Steve, I'm going to tell you right off the bat. Oh, by the way, it's got a running time of 124 minutes. And currently, its uh, box office is around 53.9 million. So
1: do I house is killing, dude, dude. Okay.
2: I can tell you right now that Gail, like Gail does not like scary movies. And this movie was a very scary movie to her. I know you don't feel this way. Cause I know the kind of movies you like, but w- what did you think, man?
1: I thought it, w- okay, it, w- it was funny because I, I, I saw it as scary from a different point of view. Yes. What happened was I saw it as scary as how quickly a woman could be called crazy. Mm-hmm. And that could be scary. Where like I'm just telling you the truth, and it's easy to paint up. But anyway, I l- really like this movie, dude. I'm and I like Elizabeth Moss, even though uh, you know, Melissa will be like, she thinks she looks like a like a, I I like That's that's demeaning. She thinks she looks not. She just has a. She doesn't have a traditional look. Hollywood. There look. we go. How is She's that? Like she she just doesn't look right no matter what. I th- I think she has a thing, but um. I I loved the direction they took. I, I saw an interview with Lee Wanell, and they're like, "Hey, why didn't you?" Um, there's a part in this movie where there is some dom- domestic violence involved, and they asked him why he didn't show it, like actually implicitly show what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Because he wanted to show the crowd that if a woman said she's been hit, she's been hit." I said that is really brilliant. Instead of showing the brutality. He's like, she's telling you what he did.
2: Yeah. Us. Sometimes you need to just believe people.
1: I was like, oh, I didn't even. So what that did for me was show that everything in this movie was intentional. Every little move was intentional. And I I thought um, instead of, and I'm not going to ruin it for people. It is an invisible man. Yes. I love but that. The spin they took on it was yeah. like, so yeah, the man was invisible. It was a very interesting twist because they did the same thing with the Kevin Bacon. Yeah, something happened. Right, we could say that it's he just wasn't based. born. Yeah, he wasn't born invisible, He <laughs> just no. grew up invisible. So no. assume there's something that happens, whether it's a a mag uh, oh a magnet or there's Let's some call sort it of science radiation. fiction. Sure. Um. So yeah, I I thought that I mean, listen, if she this is way in the beginning of the year, but if by the end of the year they're like, hey, she's nominated for a best actress, I wouldn't be surprised. Cause she did a lot that most horror movies would not need to do in this movie. She went over and above the acting you normally need to achieve. is kind, you know, in an in, in a horror movie. I mean, she she did it with the last Blumhouse movie she was in with us. She did a great job there.
2: It's like I can I can see what people are talking about with her, and and I'll just leave it at that. People just have opinions about her, okay? Yeah. But I think the reason that she is as good as she is and she's killing it. Like it makes me want to go back and watch handmaid's tale now, which I have never finished. I've only been a few episodes into that. And I was like, wow, this is deep. And I, I basically yeah. stopped and I haven't watched anything since season yeah. one. She was great but in it, mad men too. Yeah. Uh, yes. But she's just, that's it. It's just that she's fucking great. She doesn't need all the traditional no, shit. She's just like, no. this is take me as I am because I'm about to rock it and everything that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And she murders the screen in this dude. She's like, She's so good, like she's just like you. It's very believable, and I see what you're saying about her going above and beyond. Not because this is a Blumhouse movie, it could have been phoned in, or we end up with us. You know, it's like one of those things. There's a there is definitely some some um, wiggle room when it comes to Blumhouse, and this is definitely one of the better ones, man. It was the the cinematography was awesome. I love the little touches they had, like the the credits. You know, because there's certain things in this movie that are. It's it's still a. uh, a bit of a horror movie. And if you are a fan of these things of the genre, you're still going to recognize certain things that are put in place for future reference. Yes, um, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And so like at the beginning, the credits even kind of give you an idea of what's going on. Is telling? Oh, they got an applause. The, they got that an was, applause was that not dope? I thought that yeah. was a great touch,
1: man. Yeah. They got the, oh, the audience in my theater applauded the credit sequence.
2: Yeah. The credit sequence sequence is really cool. And it does, um, you know i'll just i'll leave it at that i, I thought that it yes, was really cool that yes, they put that yes. touch in there but there are certain key little things that you show that show up and you're like okay i know where this is going and i'm not necessarily even calling that predictable it's just i feel that that's how the genre works until they you know there's every once in a while you're going to find that masterpiece that completely caught you off guard this movie does have some tropey stuff to it but that doesn't make it a bad movie in fact like i said i really do think this is one of the better blumhouse Blum, sorry blumhouse movies is what i'm trying to say yeah um it was uh, more violent than I
1: expected. Oh, man,
2: you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Um, Gail and I were talking about this afterwards. Have you ever seen the movie The Entity with with uh, Barbara Hershey? No. Okay, I recommend you check it out. I honestly think. I mean, it's dated now, but the practical, you know how like the movie can be really scary at a certain time frame, but yes. the practical effects can. time. Can, yes, I think. It's a it's a mix of both. There are some like, oof, that looks bad, but there's also some very effective things in this movie and it is it's a little traumatizing, man. I saw this movie at a very early age. There is something okay, we were talking about this when I was talking about underwater a couple weeks ago. There is a certain setting that can really like change everything for me. Mm-hmm. It's like the ocean. You know what I mean? You you don't know what's coming at you in the ocean, and it's always yes. been a fear of mine. Well, the the concept of invisibility and not knowing that something's in the room with you, that and, and that something can strike out at you at any moment, and you can yeah. just swing and miss them—it's—it's it, a—it's very—it's a very threatening, very menacing type of thing. And I think that is one of the, like, I hope they don't start abusing this. Like, oh, the invisible man killed it. Let's just start making a bunch of invisible thing movies because it's—it's it's kind of like a precious little area that is hasn't been tapped so much that it's like now gone stagnant you know what i'm saying yes. and so yeah well done man like i really really enjoyed this movie um i was having a little trouble kind of piecing it together not like i didn't understand the movie but like gail just got it instantly not got it I, I totally grasped the concept but just sometimes i'm like man i don't know exactly what to say about this movie so i am sort of freestyling this without notes or anything and as we're talking about it it makes more sense but yeah dude it just um it
1: was definitely the better movie, one of the better movies I've seen this year. I'll give it that. Oh no, qu- like it has everybody the worst I've heard from uh like online is and this is the worst review is holy crap that was better than it had any business being. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's as low as it goes." Everyone yeah. else like it was good. Everyone else other people like, "You know what? The Invisible Man is better than it has any business being." I think Jason Blum He's going to start taking out major hitters. Like if they keep on running at this clip, what is his company going to be worth? It's going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if now it's going to be touching a billion dollars because they don't put a lot into it. They've already proven that they can do it. Yes. They made us. They're making all these movies for five. This one wasn't a five millionaire because it was in conjunction with something else. Just like, uh, uh, you know, us, they put more money into Jordan Peele stuff because they're like, you know what? If we give this guy more money yeah. maybe, and, and he's delivered. So I think I, I really am happy with what Jason what Blumhouse is doing over there. However, they're choosing the movies. However, they're choosing the cast. Whoever chose this douchey guy to play her husband or her boyfriend, perfect casting. His face, I was like, I believe from the time I saw him laying down in the beginning, I said, that's a douche. You know what?
2: Speaking of that guy, it's like no offense to him or anything like that, but he really doesn't do a lot in the movie. No, that he actor just looks douchey. Yeah, he just looks douchey. But I mean, the movie that just gives more credit to Elizabeth Moss, who's able to totally. you know operate the screen like there's someone in the room that's threatening her and doing all these things, and this guy just kind of shows up and looks like a douche. And, and and quite honestly, the the I won't get into it, but towards the end, that's probably not
1: even him. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be. And and, and the funny thing is uh which is a dope shout out i see how um uh krasinski's quiet places already influenced how certain people shoot quiet parts of a movie
2: yeah like he, in the
1: beginning i was like oh that is a direct lift
2: yeah krasinski left his mark on that for sure.
1: dude and i'm <laughs> looking like, forward to oh my that my one God. as well oh, they're doing listen, a,
2: they're doing a double feature that i think i might just go check it out if i have the time if it's not Homeboy? a work
1: night what's his name again who are we talking Dang, about? What is it? What is the guy's name in the new Quiet Place? Oh, sorry. Um, uh, uh, Ellen, not Stellan. Oh shoot. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna let you handle it. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared to talk about Quiet anyway, Place. Anyway,
1: so. uh, I'm looking forward to what he does. I love that he didn't bring himself back. Where he's just like, ha ha, you thought I died? <laughs> Fooled you. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> uh-huh. I have
2: a feeling he's gonna work his way into the movie somehow. Though flashback. or Flashbacks. Something like that. Yeah.
1: No. I mean I think it's going to be an amazing. But yeah, as far as uh in- Invisible Man, loved it. I'm very interested in what your rating's going to be though. I'm going to go ahead and give You want me to go now? Yeah. All right, let me think about this just for a hot. Yeah, second. I cuz I have a a number in my brain out of 5 that you're going to give it. Um it's
2: I'll give it a 3.5 out of 5
1: oh. mystery slaps. <laughs> 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 that's a good one g yeah that's what i'm going with dude he pump okay my bad yeah. i'm not gonna ruin it there's a part where he really i was like i was stop, walking stop out him. I,
2: I was uh i was walking out i was just for some reason i had to have something from the theater because i love spending too much money right but yeah. uh as i was walking out that took place so i did turn around and I, and I heard it but i yeah jesus dude yeah 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 yeah.
1: you're just like just let him go dude
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: what'd, you, what'd you give it I gave it. A, I, I thought you were gonna say three point five. I was right. Um, I'm gonna give it a three point five also. Nice. You know uh, mystery really, slaps. Really I'm gonna give three point five um, fountain pens. Ooh, good, good, good. I like that. Wait, wait. I gotta. I also gotta figure out what the crap happened in that part. I'm like, wait, how are you just walking around now? Oh God, I want to ask you a question. Don't. (laughs) Not online, at least. Uh,
2: You know what? Okay. But from now on, I think what we should do is we should have the liberty to spoil a movie if we want to. Totally. And it's just that, you know what we forget to do is give a spoiler warning. Well, the thing is,
1: it's so soon, though. This movie came out so recently that it's hard to be like, you should have seen it.
2: But there's such a thing as fast forward, you know, and people can. If we give them the warning, they can choose to or not to listen. So, yeah, I wish we could have gone spoilers on this one because there is one. um, Let me ask you this. Yes. How can I ask you this? So her situation that she finds out she's dealing with later in the movie, that changes yes. everything for her? Yes. Was that against her will because of medication? Absolutely. Okay, I thought so. But I, and that's what you're getting at, right? How they don't, they don't really show mm-hmm. it.
1: No, Is that what I'm you were talking about. I'm talking about something that happens in the shower where she clearly does something. And it looks like... She,
2: oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm
1: like, how is she just walking around now?
2: Right. And then they did show it afterwards,
0: too. Yes! I'm
1: yeah. like, <laughs> what's
2: going on? But, I mean, I, I think one could say the same thing about what I was talking about, too, where I, uh, you know, I guess you could say a violent, and there's no guessing about it, a violent situation takes place that yes. might even be unbeknownst to her.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: Absolutely. so, okay, no, but see, there's yeah, you're right. There was little elements to this movie that do set it apart from like just traditional horror movies and and they did put in the work on this one so dude. you know again you've, you heard my rating you've heard steve's rating but if you haven't seen this one and you, maybe you're not like totally into scary movies this is a really good one to you know as long as you can handle a little bit of violence we can all handle that right it's good it's good for the holidays i think that you're going to be fine and oh, check dude. it out and i think it's a good um like a jumping like a, a jump off point for horror movies is what i'm trying to say
1: also, the way uh, you'll never, I don't think another director can film an empty room and in your brain, you're putting something there.
2: Yeah. Those little, it where, was they, so where the camera interesting. will move from one side of the room yes, to the
1: other. And there's nothing, but then she'll just, they'll just show her staring at a door.
2: Yeah. But you brilliant. know,
1: he's there. You know, it's like, wow, That
2: was brilliant. I really like that. Yeah.
1: It's good. But yeah. So yeah. Um, What else you been, okay. What else you been watching, Jay? <laughs>
2: All right, I think we're going to have a difference of opinion on this one. Oh,
1: I, I was in your little group group chat. I was were excited, you? too. Were you there?
2: Because I didn't yeah. see you.
1: I was Johnny, excited. did you see
2: him? I didn't see him. What are you, uh,
1: <laughs> Bucks, fucking big there. brother
2: or something like that now? You, can, you can't reply? It's like no, texting I, you on a normal w- day basis. I
1: didn't want, I didn't want to reply. <laughs> Go on, dude. But Please. Johnny,
2: I was there for you. I just want you to know that. when you When you reached out, I took your hand.
0: The we movie did. that we are
2: talking about was truly released in 2019. It didn't see, like, I didn't see it in this town, and I only saw it for one night, which I didn't get to go to. It was until 2020. Uh, it stars Nicolas Cage. The boy, does it. Uh, Jolie Richardson, Madeline Arthur. It's written by Richard Stanley, and uh, this is based on a, uh, a short story by H.P. Lovecraft, and it's called Color Out of Space. And I got to tell you right off the bat, I enjoyed the shit out of this movie okay. <laughs> because because it is what it is. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's just getting back to like what I was just talking about with the last one where there are certain tropes. There are certain tropes in this one, too, that I feel were almost done on purpose. And uh, let, me, let me just explain this here with, okay. <laughs> because this really does exist, Steve, and I know you know what I'm talking about. We just have these things that happen with movies where like. And, and cr- please correct me if I'm wrong Or just tell me that you don't agree Like there's a lot of the black guy dying first in movies Right? Would you not agree?
1: Dude I Yeah But there's also the black guy Staying entirely too long Where a black guy wouldn't
2: And I was waiting for you to say that Because I was thinking about you During the course
3: of this movie <laughs> like, Nigga, leave Leave <laughs>
2: Well
3: he did look a little It could have
2: been Mulatto Man it That's been that ex, true Maybe it was the been other half It could been that second half <laughs> 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 but but on the flip side, this movie is a classic case of white people don't know when to say when
1: Gee, in dude, a horror movie. Listen.
2: If you don't believe me, watch it, and you'll be like, God, he was right. Because, I mean, Eddie Murphy said it best, right? <laughs> we he was talking about Amityville Horror, <laughs> and they're like, oh, this is a beautiful house. we got our new life together, and I just can't wait to spend it with you. Get ah. Too bad we gotta leave, you know? <laughs> <was> so buddy. <laughs> but 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 in the movies like this, white people don't do that. They will just endure and endure and endure. And they'll even feed into it more. They'll make it easier for the the you know, the baddie to to, to make it like Dude. ten times worse for them. So What this movie is, the premise is a secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite, which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there and possibly the world. This movie, in my opinion, draws heavily, without getting into it, it draws heavily from John Carpenter. A certain movie specifically, which I may end up saying um, one of my favorite John Carpenter movies. In fact, I was looking for it yesterday because I Mm -hmm. I wanted to watch it after watching this. But it draws. Would you not agree? It just draws heavily.
1: As soon as I saw A Certain Thing, I (laughs) was like, oh, that's from A Certain Thing.
2: (laughs) You don't know how true that statement is.
1: Man, I was like, oh, it reminded me exactly. And that just shows how amazing the original. I was like, wow, that. That mug looked really good because this is almost identical. Yeah. And that was years ago he did that. I'll give it this, Steve.
2: If you're into movies about family bonding, this is the movie for you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll give it that. Um I got to tell you, man, I like this movie. It was just, okay. it's a, it was a fun movie. I liked it. It had that weird Nicolas Cage thing. Like every once in a while there, I want to see some Nicolas Cage. And I think that I've enjoyed, I enjoyed him in Mandy. Not mm-hmm. more than some, but I did enjoy him in Mandy. But uh, what was that movie? Was it The Parents or Oh, that was Mom a good and movie. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And that's Cage at his finest right there. I think this is Cage at his finest. And okay. I just, I like that weirdness about him. I like that at one point he kind of goes from talking like a normal Nick cage into this weird kind of like absurd Nick cage. And I'm yeah. not sure if that's like possession or, or possession is not the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah.
1: Influence of the influence whatever. of a yeah. certain
2: thing. But yeah. So basically this is This meteorite lands. This family is uh, from the big city. I, as I take it, I'm given the impression that the wife had some kind of an illness and they needed to get her away from a lot. So they end up kind of dropping everything that they're doing and moving out into the wilderness. So, the wife can continue doing her, what looks to me like a day trading type of a job, perhaps something like that. Uh, we've got teenage students that have been take, teenage kids that have been taken away from their high school experience, and now you have one that's gone full wicken and and trying to summon the spirit. Oh you know, just she God, just got dude. she just got super wicked. That's yeah, all I'm gonna say. Dude. And then you have the older brother who's probably just hanging out in the shed smoking dope all day. And is good at computers and shit like that. And then there's the the young kid too. Um, like I said, the wife's doing day trading. And then <laughs> my man Nick Cage has decided that, and this isn't really a spoiler or anything, but he decided that what he's going to do is he's going to revol- revolutionize the meat industry and start working with alpaca. That was going to be mm-hmm. the meat of the future. So he's he's tending to his alpaca. So they have this little normal life going. And then this meteorite falls and instantaneously, you should be like, you know what? Perhaps we should at least get away from the area. Yeah. This, you see this massive glow. They're like, it's a color that you can't explain. There might be some spoilers on this one, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. So if you don't want to hear, I, I can't say there will be, but I have a feeling I'm going to spoil some things on this one. So you have been warned. The, uh, <laughs> so the, the quote unquote meteorite falls to the ground. And it's emitting this color. To me, it just looks like some form of a violet or something like that, or pinkish violet color. But if, it, and, then, and then the daughter walks outside and there's lightning that is continually striking this yeah. thing. In other words, it is channeling all the lightning to strike it. It's it, That right there would be something to go, well, maybe this isn't Right. You know, like, but they're just like, oh, look how beautiful it is. (laughs) (laughs) Look at how the lightning is drawn to it. And then they go, good night, dad. And then they go to sleep. So, dude, as things move, as things progress in the movie, suddenly there's all the same color of this meteorite, by the way. There's all these, this vegetation that starts to come up. Uh, There's always a slight hue to it wherever you go. And they're just like, isn't, you know, and and Nick Cage, isn't this beautiful? Isn't this just a <laughs> isn't, Ugh, isn't this just a dude. wonderful thing? And the wife's like, Yeah. He's like, Did you plant those? Because it's oh no, maybe they're perennials. Really? Doesn't have anything to do with the fucking meteorite that's dude. right there in the ground. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about when I say that they do yep. fall into that trope of white people just don't know when to say when. I'm sorry, it's true. It's just you know maybe it's they a They stayed harsh, after but it's the true.
1: family bonding thing. After the family and helped. I'm sorry
2: Gail listen to me if you're listening right now I know you didn't watch this movie but we'll watch it together because I'd love to watch it again uh when when if if what happens to you happens to the mom in this I love you babes but I'm out I'm out I'm sorry there's no saving you
1: at this point so and then it's like there's a part where I knew there's a thing where he's like do you hear that and the older kid's gonna go into the I'm like he's gonna go into the well yeah i could because that's what the dumbest thing he could do yeah. that's what he's gonna do that's hey, what's when that I scary ass thing out? coming from the well let yeah. me go check it out by yeah. myself I, <laughs> I knew right then i said i am checked out of this it's official this oh, movie is man. ridiculous
2: but no but steve seriously in all truthfulness and i you i know you have you have seen worse movies than this of course
1: yeah that you liked uh, well, because they had some sort of endearing quality, this doesn't have it.
2: Uh, I don't know, man. I really liked the whole thing. Like I just, I know liked, you I and liked Bucks. the campiness of it. I don't know if Bucks liked it. He never said if he liked it or not. He did. Unless, oh, I missed. I must have missed that then. Yeah. I, good. I'm glad, Johnny. I'm glad you shared your love for this movie. Maybe not love, but like for this. Oh, movie. Oh, he really liked it. I really liked it too. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. I found it completely entertaining. I like the fact that Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong is in it. He plays a guy named Ezra, who's like this, like you know, way too much acid out. In, the guy that hangs out in the woods and somehow still has like. A, you know, he's completely off the grid, but he's still able to be completely on the grid at the same time, it seems, at least to where he knows what's going on about this movie. Uh, I like where that went. I, yeah. I like seeing Tommy yeah. Chong in it. Um, I'm trying to think, what else, what else did I like about this movie? I thought the use, they had a very nice blend of digital, that was you could tell was not mm-hmm. the highest budget, but not bad, with practical effects that, again, didn't have the highest budget, but really do, again, bring me back to a certain John Carpenter movie. Uh, I already said spoilers. This movie reminds me there 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 are elements of the movie, The Thing, in this movie that um, very very strongly influenced from, and I and I think well done. I mean, I think the money if the money was there, it could have been even more graphic. But there are some shit that I will not spoil for you in this movie that I just really enjoyed, man. I think it's it's just so absurd and like if you're in that if you're putting yourself in that first person perspective of what's happening, like that's it's horrific what's going on, you know, like. Uh, Nicholas Cage. There's something that involves his wife and and his son, and uh, I won't say what it is. But
1: that if that really happens, Steve, wouldn't that not be one of the most horrifying things ever? And but here's the thing: in order for me to be scared, the people on screen have to be just as scared as I am. I mean, that's and the they thing were is, not I probably. Bow, I would bounce out after the initial shock. But
2: what happened, But then again, you know, you could say I am arguing for this movie, but you could say because that thing eventually does whatever it is, eventually kind of just gets into their minds and is sort of guiding them on what to do. So you could say that he was already that far into it to where that's why he didn't leave. But the girl wasn't. Yeah. No, no. I mean, again, I I already said it, but the the trope is there.
1: (laughs) It's just such a... There is. Here's the one thing I will say. Above all, whoever did the special effects in this movie, pick her or him or them or they. Pick them up. Get them now the yes, because they are a superstar. Yep. Just. I'm watching it happen right now. They are yep. superstars.
2: Practical effects like a dude. Just
1: awesome. If you put them in a zombie movie or a werewolf movie or a what they would do, I would be worried. I'd be like, oh, Lord, have mercy. What are they going to figure out? Because there's <laughs> even, I, I, I thought that they were very good at what they did. And I was like, it sucks that they dropped this genius. Into this pile. It's a shame.
2: But there is, there's just that thing that's just so absurd though. Again, like I said, you know, the initial shock would get me. I would be heartbroken. I would be like my, my poor family member. But if it got to the point where, you know, cause Nick Cage basically goes up and's like, how are you doing, honey? Are you doing okay? Oh, you, you feeling all right? And he hears.
0: Hey.
2: And then he's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and stay with you for a while and take care of you. I'd be like, and kiss you. I am out. And kiss, oh and yeah. Kiss there you. there's some good gore in this movie. There's some great gore in this movie. And and the, there's a the scene involving the kiss that was I was like,
1: "Ooh." But mind you, I I've, we I've never liked H.P. Lovecraft though. I've read his books, and not all of them, but some of them. And I didn't really like and I should have known right then that uh did, like have you um anyway, I should have known right then, "Oh, I'm not going to really dig this because in my opinion, Stephen King is a better H.P. Lovecraft than H.P. Lovecraft is." Yeah, for but me, I also
2: like to think that Stephen King is Stephen King and H. P. Lovecraft is H. P. But they Lovecraft.
1: both have I don't a similar even writing style. Yeah, but I don't always need to have a comparison. They have a only—that's the only reason I'm comparing because they have a, but they have a very similar writing style. That's the only reason I compare them. I wouldn't okay. have gone, oh, this random horror writer. No, since Stephen King is a very Lovecraftian writer, I'm like, I like watching his movies and reading his books because it goes somewhere. I remember reading a Lovecraft book by the end I was like, "Wait, what then what what What? what what happened? You thought it was going to be like, "And this is what happened." That's just not how it goes. They're like, "What do you think happened?" I'm like, "No, I, I I'm not reading that for that."
2: Speaking uh, of H.P. Lovecraft, do you know that this is going to be like a series of movies now? Like I think I'm not sure if it's always going to be the same people, but I think they are going to start Expanding on some of Lovecraft's work and making more of these movies, I'm totally in, dude. I'm just, yeah. You know what? Okay. It could have been. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. There's a, there's a lot of campiness to it. There's, uh-huh. um, but it's a Nick Cage movie. You know what I'm saying? And if I go into a movie that's starring Nick Cage, he's the he's the big seller. I kind of already know what I'm getting myself into. So okay. based on that preparation for a movie, I highly enjoyed the shit. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, okay. uh, that said, I'm not going to give it a crazy rating because you know like it's a nick cage movie yeah <laughs> but uh i'm going to go ahead and give this one is there anything else you want to say about this one i imagine no, not no all right uh for the sake of time i'll go ahead and just stop too and i'm going to say that i'm going to give this movie a solid 3 th- i'll give it a 3 i'm going to give it a solid 3 out of 5 uh melting alpacas
1: fair i'm going to give this what'd you give it 3 out of 5 really yeah, I, so I really one, enjoyed it for what it is. One step beneath Invisible Man.
2: I'm looking at it in completely two different views. I'm looking as in, at Invisible... It's a good question, so I'll, I'll you know okay. I'll address it. Okay, um, I Because there are two different types of scary movies. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like like Invisible Man, I liked it for what it is and everything, and I think that it is a, a huge step above a lot of what Blumhouse is putting out, like I said. But in this case, in the case of Color Out of Space... It gives me a lot of the old science fiction, campy, get the fuck out of there kind of things. Why aren't they leaving? Like that kind of a thrill. Like, a, like more of a uh, like a midnight movie, if you will. And because of that, I like that kind of shit. And that's why I'm giving it a little bit okay. of a higher rating. It's, I, I think it's definitely uh, higher than a
1: 2.5. Okay. Um, I will give it a 1.5.
2: Okay. That's fair. I mean, you clearly okay. did not like this movie. Was there any outside of the practical effects that was it for you?
1: Yes. Okay, fair enough.
2: So and you have Brother two man different. the
1: man should have been gone.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's we did. I know we kind of left him out again, but we did address it at the top of the review that um, it does take a little bit of a spin on things, and yeah. he was a little lighter complected. So I'm thinking that's why he stuck around a little bit longer. Maybe. I'm thinking I that's just, what it and, but is. But
1: here's what I will appreciate: he they get the point five because they let him in the whole movie. He okay. l- survives to the end, which is a. A thing that a lot of horror movies don't understand. Rarely ever happens. Yes. I'm like, okay, you need to be conscious that this is a thing and not kill him first. Yeah. I mean, when you're the only
2: brother in a movie and it's usually going the way of like being super tropey, your ass is gone within the first 10 minutes. You're usually saying shit. That's a little bit of comic relief. You know what I mean? You're a little more scared, or whatever. Like it, it's, it's something that I'm just really, I really appreciated that about this movie that they did not do that to this guy. They gave him, a, you know, a solid career. They gave him some education behind his you know, in his background of what he was doing and why he was there to do that and how he was being helpful. And that's another reason why I give this movie just a little bit higher totally. is that they, they did not take that trope. They used other ones, but they didn't take that one because that's just like low hanging fruit.
1: So that's yeah, why I'm it, giving this movie some props. That's, that's dope. All right, I got to get out of here, G. Okay, cool. Uh we will go um, right now. One day what one day I, I do want to talk about uh I was thinking about this in the last two decades. I think my favorite horror movie in the last two decades is Cabin in the Woods, and I would like to discuss that one day.
2: I just watched that a couple of weeks ago. I own it in fact now. It's so good, dude. I'm it telling you, man, up. the movie codes are they're they're piling up, G. They're piling up,
1: G. I well. I I miss everything. How? Okay, we'll talk later. Yeah, that's but
2: a later thing. Hey, real quick, no, I'm gonna say this. Go I was gonna yeah. do a I was gonna do a quick review, but I, I'll just say this. Um, I did watch Dave last night that premiered on FX, and it's uh, it's, it's a basically it's a TV series about Lil Dicky. If you're into Lil Dicky, uh, it's it says a neurotic mid twenty. Sur- oh, don't worry, Steve. I'm gonna get you out of here. Neurotic mid twenty Night convinced he's destined to be one of the greatest rappers of all time. Now he's got to prove it to everyone else. Um, this is pretty much you get you, what you see is what you get. This is okay. loosely based on on. Uh, Lil Dicky's life. And it's very uh, I don't want to say it's like curb your enthusiasm style, but it does have that kind of like reality-based humor to it. I've watched the first two episodes. It's okay. I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to be sold on the whole thing, but I do like Lil Dicky as far as just just him as a person and what kind of what he's about, his his, you know, his comedic uh contribution to like hip-hop and things like that. So I am a little bit of a fan of Lil Dicky. Um, I would recommend you check it out on two quick viewings, I'm going to go ahead and give it like a uh, I'll give it like a two and a half out of five that's fair. Um, okay. uh, dead children that's what I'll go with for now <laughs> and other than that, that's all I got to say alright
1: ladies and gentlemen Dan is back, the manathan is back uh, it was great to have you back I'm glad that you got here safe, my brother great having you back on the Oh, going back 100%, next time I'm going to have my intros way better, I promise you, hopefully they'll never hear those bloopers <laughs> oh, but I'll um hear <laughs> Anyway, people, the next voice you'll be hearing is Dan the Man. I'm out. Uh, You're going to have some... Listen, the fact that he recorded these panels, that's a lot of work that he did not have to do. He did it on his time off, so we need to applaud this man. Thank you so very much, Dan, for all your hard work. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out.
2: I know you're always speaking the kindest words, Steve, but I just hit record. That's all I did. But I wanted you guys to hear it because I was really excited about it. It is good to be back. I'm glad that we are now into the hundreds, the triple digits of Heroes of Noise. Ladies and gentlemen, fucking put on your seatbelts. This is going to be a great year. I came back from C2E2 completely hyped and ready to destroy this year. So if you'll stick with us, if you'll be kind, stick with the Patreon. I promise that's coming too. Things are going to be pretty badass this year, and I'm just glad that you're along for the ride. So in closing, to all the people that I met last weekend from the leftover army that are now hopefully listening to this show, or at least my friend, I want y'all to know something. I love each and every one of you. I cannot wait to hang out with you again. As for the rest of y'all, we'll see you next week. We're going to talk to you next week. We're going to do this all over again. It's going to be a hell of a good time. My name is Dan Ramirez. That is Steve Hudson. We are the heroes of noise. Ladies and gentlemen, be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. Okay, so you stuck around. As promised, I have two panels for you right now. The first one is a partial panel. It's around 45 minutes long, and it is the question and answers portion from the Umbrella Academy panel that happened last Saturday at C2E2. I'll go ahead and get to that. Don't leave after that. If you're just maybe you're not into Umbrella Academy, I don't know. Maybe you just want to hear the boys. Well, guess what? I'll timestamp that. It's gonna be in the notes, but if you're here, you probably already figured that out. Anyway, that is the full panel. It was my favorite panel of the weekend, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, here is the Umbrella Academy.
4: One of his children, and they were, like, singing along, and they are like, Oh! And they were in mind. They are
5: like, actually, no,
6: keep singing, please. Oh, be quiet. Oh, right? I think that's what you have to do with that situation. Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Hi, we'll start over here. Hi, how are you?
0: Uh, Chavo from Chicago. Hello.
2: Hello. Um, originally, I wanted to, Put this question to all of
0: videos,
2: but the question is how much research
0: did you do? And therefore, yes,
3: like how much research did you do for drug addiction? How much research did you do for mediums? But for you, you're a charismatic celebrity playing a charismatic celebrity, so uh, <laughs> and going, Oh, it's difficult to tell people what you want
7: them to do.
4: If you told me to shut up
3: back to my seat.
7: (laughs) I
0: heard
4: a rumor that she...
3: (laughs) Oh, man.
5: Um, I think for me, the the thing that I kind of had to wrap my brain around the most was I I grew up an only child. I have a half-sister, but she is 20 years younger than me. So, you know, being a sibling... That's, like, something that I've, I don't know what that is, and especially being a part of such a big family and that family dynamic, that was kind of something that intimidated me from the beginning, especially, like you asked, having to immediately have a relationship with, you know, six complete strangers that I've never met before. Um, so that was that was kind of the thing that, you know, I don't really know how you research
6: Google how
5: to be a sibling. <laughs> but
6: I think, uh, you know, that was
5: kind of really close friends and so I kind of investigated the really close friendships that I have in my life because you know some of my really close girlfriends are my sisters um, and so I kind of tried to bring as much of that um, you know into, into Allison as much as possible but also you know Oh. Allison is a mom, and that, that was another thing that I kind of had to okay. wrap my brain around a little bit, and, but also because my sister is so much younger than me, I also kind of investigated that relationship, so everything that I needed to figure out who Allison was, I did have in some form or another as, like, as me, as myself, and so I kind of, you know, as actors, we try to pull as much from our own lives, and experiences we have in real life and kind of manipulate them into this new being that we're trying to create. And so for me, the friendships that I have and having a really young, a much younger sister, um, that kind of, and the maternal instincts that I have towards her, just at, because she's my younger sibling, that kind of helped me figure out the relationship between Allison and Claire, and then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and this fool.
6: And what about Klaus? Did you do a lot of research or?
4: Yeah, you know, um... Uh, <laughs> research! Yeah, yeah. I, started, I did a few things. I, um, I did a lot of kind of automatic writing in the character, which I'd never really done before, which is interesting. A lot of it kept going back to childhood and going back to childhood. And um, what else did I do? I went out and took loads of Class A drugs. (laughs) No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I did this other other thing, actually, as well, which was, like, I I tried to do, like, an, an artistic diary of Klaus, but I'm not very good at drawing, so I just ended up Googling, like, pictures of tap or pictures of things that I was trying to draw you know It was like, but I sort of I just you know actors are sort of solitary creatures sometimes you, you kind of go in a darkened room and pace back and forth and try and wear the skin of the character as much as possible like I'd go into shops as Klaus you know for a while was you really? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> in London and yeah. you just, just, just be him on the street and to strangers and stuff, uh, you know, <laughs> know.
0: So How'd
4: <and> it go? I <laughs> you know, fine. I mean, you know, I, I did this in London, where I mean, you could be, yeah. you could have three heads and people would barely look at you, you because know, they're so city. <laughs> uh, so I think it was just time and and uh, writing down as many of the unpacking thoughts as Klaus, you know. You kind of have to, you you have to build a past, a present, and a future, and all of that informs the performance, you know. It really does, it really, really does, and I think things happened unconsciously in the performance as a result of discoveries that I've made of the character, so research is kind of often, it's the same journey, it's like you have to figure out who this person is and I heard Daniel Day-Lewis say a nice thing he said, it's not a character it's a human being, it's a 360 human being you have to treat them like that, and give them everything that a person has, you know a life, you know, and so the more you give them, the more of that nuance shows up on screen so I just sort of did as much of that as possible really
6: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Great question. Hi. Hi. Oh, my God. Hello. That she was talking. (laughs) Uh, My name is Fabs. I'm from Chicago.
8: Um, Thank you for being fabulous as a spouse. Thank you. Uh, My question is, since
6: you enjoyed being mayor, when was the first time you realized um, this is actually a very big thing when they realized the show was actually really garnering a huge fan base and, oh. and becoming I'm
5: very still in shock. I don't think I'm still the fact that you guys are all sitting here and have, have any interest in what I'm saying. It really is it's really humbling and I it's still you know, because I think that's the thing with Netflix is that, you know, ten episodes drop in three seconds. Yeah. And it's global. It's not just America. It's not just this country for a couple months, and then Netflix gets the rights, and then it goes to a couple other countries. With our show—it was within one minute—it was all over the world, and that is still a thing that I—I I can't even wrap my brain around. You know, yeah. you know, when we were doing press, we went to Brazil, and I was like, "People in Brazil watch our show? That's so insane!" But it's like, yeah, it's amazing. It's, the reach is something that I—I never—I didn't even really think about. When we were shooting it and making it, and I, I think it's still something that I can't—I can't even wrap my brain around. It's still very surreal. So there, there was a, about a week
4: and a half after the release of the show, I got a text from Steve Blackman, the showrunner, saying, "You're on a hit show, sir." And then, oh yeah, yeah. And then there was a, a sort of few statistics and bits about the viewing figures and all that, and it was kind of that message to yeah. kind of went you know and I think St- you know Steve is he's from he's uh, I don't know if he's from LA is he from Toronto Tra- oh yeah he's from Toronto Tra- of course of course <laughs> but he's you know he he's, lives in Hollywood he's of that world so to kind of come from him it felt like it just felt very significant yeah because he's worked, to
5: you know he was worked on Grey's Anatomy and has done, like, huge shows, huge so for shows. him to be like, you guys, this show is,
6: people
4: are watching the show, it's like, uh, well, if you're saying that,
5: that's crazy. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. so, that was really it.
6: Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Oh,
4: thanks, Babs. Hi.
6: Hi, I'm Cher from Portland, Oregon, and
5: yeah, my question's for Robert. Robert, in your short 32 years, you've shown so much uh, diversity in your roles and the films that you've selected that it's made so many of us in this room super fans.
0: Thank you. <laughs>
5: and you've brought your own unique flair to big budget films, low budget films, romance, historical drama, black and white films, short
4: films, foreign language films, <laughs> foreign-language film <laughs> science <laughs>
0: You did, you did an Irish psychic film, which I watched, a short film. Um, Animated feature,
3: comedy, horror, action, music, biography, teen film, Supernatural, Nordic drama, Nordic drama, British...
0: Nordic drama. drama? Nordic drama. Yes!
5: You've the nailed at least 10 accents and you've stolen every scene. So, my question for you is one thing that you haven't done is a Netflix spin off. Are you open to
0: Klaus? Yeah!
4: So, For those yeah. of you, Jared Wade created Umbrella Academy. He's a prequel. beginning of the Umbrella Academy story where he's just sort of pottering around and get essentially
5: it's you walking around (laughs) London.
4: Little did I know. (laughs) Researching that as much as doesn't. So yeah, it's it's the kind of Klaus story before um, the reunion of the family essentially, because before the stars from Brandon they're all very, very strange. They all haven't seen each other in, I believe, about 16 years. So he... And, you know, he talks about it in the context of when he was, you know, in full rock star mode. You know, he had problems with, with drugs and alcohol and he had a very, very reckless hedonistic time, as far as I know. And, you know, if he'd gone on any longer, it would have killed him. So he stopped, but out, he said, out of that time, there's, there's a great creative well to draw from, is how he put it. So I think that's where the, um, the kind of inspiration for the, the few years of, of Klaus just kind of, and some of the stuff he's told me about that's gonna be in it, it's just so incredibly dark and tough. So,
0: uh, yeah, I'm well up for that, absolutely. <laughs>
6: Thank you for the dossier. That was great. So thank you. That wiki page Can I get a copy of
4: that? That's <laughs> <laughs> your name, Rosemary? I you didn't know about Nordic films. Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, my name is Kevin from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, okay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I have to address the shoes. Oh. I, absolutely,
9: I, I absolutely love them. I want to know where you got them and do you have them in any other
4: colours? They're Doc Martens, and I, I was back in my parents. house in Ireland over the holidays, and because bless my parents and their eternal patience, whenever I move, like if I go away, you know, for six months to do a job like Umbrella Academy, I can't be off and just move out of an apartment. You know, I've been very sort of nomadic in my life in that way. So my parents, at a, at that juncture, will just end up getting 10 more boxes on a van that go up in the attic. And I was there over the holidays, and I was going through some of the stuff. Memory lane, memory lane, going down memory lane. And I found these pink shoes. I was like, what are you doing in storage? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sat in a box for like two three years, so I've, I've let them spread their wings once again. <laughs> and they've, been, they've been a great hit today. I've mean, got so many compliments for them. Really.
10: Thank you for that question. question. Thank you. Hi. Hi. My name is Ashley. I'm from Hobart, Indiana, Northwest Ooh. Indiana. Not too far away. Um, so, first of all, I want to say Robert, great this house. I love the trail My Thank question. You
6: you're welcome. My question is for Emmy. Um, the scene with you and Luther dancing is like one of my favorite scenes. would uh,
10: Took
6: to actually film that. Oh, yes,
5: we did.
10: (laughs) Let me tell you something about Tom Hopper.
5: (laughs) Bless Tom Hopper. He's never had to dance like that before. And he thinks he has two left feet, but he's actually pretty great. He's actually a really, really good dance partner. And we had um, Emma Portner, who is Ellen Page's wife, Um, she actually choreographed that dance um, specifically for us. And so we had maybe like a week of, of
0: rehearsals because um, it happened pretty quickly. Because Steve, yeah, Steve was like, I have this idea. You and Tom are gonna do a dance in the park. And we were like,
5: okay. And he was like, I'm gonna shoot it next week. we <laughs> were like, have you told Tom this? <laughs> um, and so it, you know, it happened really quick, but Tom was like fully on board I and mean, he really wanted to learn. But I think, you know, he's really good at stunts and he likes to do his own stunts and because of black, um, black sex? What? Yeah. Yeah. So he's you know he's it is dancing and, and stunts are its choreography so i think learning to dance is very similar to learning like a stunt fight um and you know so he we had a really good time, and he ended up being so good, and I was so—I've never been more proud.
6: Like, it, was, it was an awesome scene. Yeah, I was
5: talking about it today because it looked so beautiful and so elegant, and the lights come in. But it was like 4:30 in the morning. It was 19 degrees outside. We were in this park, and they had to defrost all the snow. And there were—we were in this park, essentially in—you know where all these homeless people sleep at night. They like we were in their living room. And so they were so angry that we were kind of kicking them out of their temporary homes, that they kept trying to make cameos in the shot. Yeah. <laughs> and so our crew and all the cops that they hired to kind of quarantine the area so we could get this scene done were like chasing all these homeless
4: people around the park in between all on
5: Each shot, it was actually a really, I actually really enjoyed it. I kind of, if you look close enough and zoom in, you can probably see some scragglers in the back running around. <laughs> well, I loved
6: it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much.
5: robot to take care of them and, you know, taught a monkey, like uh, pay more attention to this monkey that he taught how to speak and essentially turned a monkey into their butler and there was more affection towards Pogo from Hargreens than there was for his children. And, you know, and he collected his kids and so, you know, that in some way or another is going to manifest differently and very individually for all of them. Um, so I think, you know. What I take from all of them, I think, is that there are significant moments in everyone's life that that affect you and and how you how you overcome those scenarios and whether it's being bullied or whether it's you know or if it's if it's addiction or if it's it's you know relationships in your life. And I think um, you know this. Our show is really about how these characters manage the the relationships that have failed them in their lives and you know sometimes they do okay most of the time they don't (laughs) but i think at the end of the day you know they the strongest theme is that they constantly forget that they're all kind of going through the same thing and that if they actually come together and try to work on that together it actually will help them all heal because i think they're all separately thinking that they're struggling by themselves and they're not.
4: It's a great answer. <laughs> I said, yeah, he was the best father. I'm like, I'm just, I think he was not the best father.
5: <laughs> he didn't say, yeah, really that. really nail it. Snappy dresser, though. <laughs> yeah,
4: he looks great, <a> though. <laughs> His suits <knees> were fierce. <laughs> Snappy. Thank you. Thank you so much. I see Dolores there in the crowd. <laughs> Which is the mannequin from a relic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's nice. It's been done really well. Here, are you, here number five, and Dolores, come. Are you going to... Oh, you guys. next. We'll
6: yeah, you're next, don't worry.
4: Hi. Hi, uh, my name is Sean. I'm here in Chicago. Uh, so as you guys know, uh, 43 children were born on the same day as your characters, and Professor Hartkrieg's only got seven of them. Uh, is season two going to investigate the other 36 and possibly even meet them? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you trying to get a spoiler?
6: Them because I've been warned by Netflix myself that we can't talk about season two, but I'm with you that that would be very cool. That's all I can say. You're bound
5: to
4: get around to it at some stage. You know no. There's I too, There's
5: too many, of the, too many of the others out there yeah. somewhere.
10: Fingers crossed. Thank you. Hi.
6: You look amazing.
5: You look so awesome. You're making Aiden very proud. <laughs>
0: Oh,
4: hello. <laughs> can, can, can uh, I can, would you mind coming slightly closer to the, the mic here? Thank you.
0: There we go. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. How are you? <laughs>
4: That's a really good (laughs) question. Yeah, he Patrick Swayze's (laughs) dude. Really good.
0: (laughs) Really good. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, he's. I think the, the the kind of the evolution of Klaus as a result of him becoming sober sort of starts to see a development of not just Klaus but. Ben and Ben's direct influence on the world, even though he is a ghost, he is he is
5: still technically dead, <laughs> even though he's sort of dead with privileges. He's dead, Jason.
4: So, I think it was it was a way of uh, showing a, a kind of a strange benefit to Klaus's sobriety, you know. That Klaus is like absolutely just bored to death with being sober, and he can't wait to escape into oblivion through terrible, awful, poisonous drugs. Uh, but then this thing happens, and it's like, oh, what, what is this? You know, and it comes directly from the the sort of, of the the start of the sober journey. You know, so. And that, you know, without spoiling anything, that certainly is explored more in the second season.
0: So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
6: was this cosplay your own idea? You put this together?
0: Yeah. yeah. You look awesome. Really good, yeah, you look job. Job. good job. Thank you. Where are you. Oh. Hi. <laughs> <That was laughs>
6: or even like a song that you listen to to help you get into
4: your umbrella academy characters
0: well you've
5: got
4: like a whole thing on <laughs> <laughs> no but one thing that I've started to do over the last couple of years which you know when you're on set it's your main job as an actor to essentially delete out like 95% of the stuff that's around you you know and the kind of thing of you know doing the makeup you know it's all very sort of, fast-paced until it isn't slow so there's lots of distraction and so meditation basically has been the thing that has uh, vastly improved my ability to just be in the moment and to be able to delete all that stuff and that works universally clouds or otherwise you know and it just feels really nice you know you just get all marshmallow in and like, ah, so and then you can you can go and do your thing with a completely clear head, you know. So yeah, meditation. I would highly recommend it for you all. In fact, oh my God, they did this experiment like over fifty times, which has become known as the Peace Field Effect in different cities around the U.S. with populations of millions, where they got crowds about this size, slightly bigger, maybe five thousand people, to meditate together every single morning. And the crime rate of the entire city fell, right, like, drastically fell. So, you know, we're all one consciousness, you know, death doesn't exist, anyway. What do I
6: know Does Alice have a theme song, or...?
5: Um, I... Actually, for me, you know, the first thing you do, or at least the first thing I do when I get to work is... I put my stuff down in my
0: trailer, and then I
5: immediately have to go into hair and makeup. Um, and for me, because, you know, I wear wigs in the show, and someone else is doing my makeup, for me, the you know hour or so that I'm in the hair and makeup trailer is kind of when I say goodbye to Emmy for the day and say hello to Allison. Um, and I think that... Because, you know, when we were figuring out our looks for the first season and, you know, the rumor in, in the the books, you know, has purple hair and she's, you know, got this edgy look and so for a really long time we were gonna use my natural hair. Um, and then, you know, there was conversations about wigs and, and I kind of went to Steve at some point and was like, I actually think it would be really helpful for me if I have a wig because I'm, I'm having a hard time right now separating myself from Allison if I go to work every day looking like myself. Um, and so, for me, that transformation kind of sometimes happens and I don't even know it. Um, but, you know, having somebody else kind of do my makeup and I, I, you know, sit in front of the mirror and I watch it happen. And then I go get my wig on and I kind of watch my hair get put up in a, a wig cap and this another hair get put on top of my head. And then I go back to my trailer and I put on clothes that I don't wear and, you know, things that aren't really my style. And for me that, that kind of happens and then I can kind of go about the rest of the day kind of you know, feeling like her because everything that is touching my body is has something to do with me. Right. right. So that
6: for me that really helps. That's a really cool process. And thank you. Great question. Thank you. Next, you bring-
4: yeah. Hi. Oh, hello.
8: hello. People from St. Michael here. <laughs> <laughs> um, my question is: the the show involves a lot of music. Like one of the people who made the comic books is a yeah. musician, uh-huh. and there's some really cool scenes with amazing songs. So I wanted to know: what's your favorite scene involving like a really cool song or a really cool part of the soundtrack?
4: Um quite like they used a uh, uh, Noel Gallagher solo uh, tune, which was, uh, I think it was in the, when number five was just in the apocalypse, um, oh, uh-huh. and they used that tune, I really liked it, and uh, you know, the, the, the music sort of transcends time and space, because it's from all over the place, which is great, mm-hmm. um, but that song really... I don't know why exactly. It was just, I can't remember exactly what song it was. But it was an Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, which is his solo thing. And I think it was from his first album. I think it surprised me as well, because I'd gotten into it a bit. Because I like Oasis stuff. I really like Noel Gallagher when he's on the radio. So he's really kind of bright and funny and surprising. and it so sarcastic <laughs> to, to like. But... Um, so I was very interested, and then it just popped up in the show, you know, and uh, so I really liked that, really, really liked that. It was unexpected.
6: Do they ever play music? Because obviously it's added, you know, in post. Do you ever know, if you're filming a scene, what song is going to be associated oh, with Oh,
5: Steve, Steve is pretty, I mean,
6: there are a lot, like, look at the scripts, and in
5: the stage direction, it'll have, like, over the fight scene, this song by right, this artist is going to be playing. And
0: sometimes by the point, it, yeah, yeah, because then, you know,
5: the artist wants $500,000 for 30 seconds of their song, and Netflix is like, you know.
10: <laughs> but, you know, he's very deliberate with
5: the music that is selected for the show. Um,
10: but, you know, like,
5: the compilation of all of us dancing in the first episode, like, we knew from day one that yeah. it was going to be that Tiffany song the Tiffany song yeah. and so on set you know they essentially just let the cameras roll press play and for 30 minutes we all just danced around our rooms I and that it. was pretty much it and then they just took what they liked and um, you know but yeah I think that's one of the really fun, unique parts about our show is that the, the music is very specifically selected. Um, yeah, front and center. Yeah, and Steve is really, really good about that. And so, you know, Gerard has his creative input as well. I think he's really adamant about songs and the music that um, is,
0: because, you know, music tells a completely different story.
5: Absolutely. So it's really important that the story that the actors are telling and, you know, the final cut is telling is, you know,
4: accompanied well with the music. I liked the cover that Gerard did, The yeah. Hazy Shade of Winter. Uh-huh. I like that very much. Isn't that a
5: Simon and Garfunkel song. Yeah, yeah. 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 Love- because Mary did a cover, I did a cover, then also, I know, I was like, Steve, you really have to be out here doing all the things. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. But, what did you cover? The, the, the My Pulled Open in episode 8, Stormy Weather, when I'm driving, that's me singing Stormy Weather, which is also
6: what's That's awesome, awesome. I did that. Ah, Amazing. Huh? Thank you. Great question. Thank you. Hi. Hi, I'm Maria from Chicago, and I was wondering what your line is that Michelle. Do you have a standout line from your character, or it could be another character? Maybe. I
5: honestly think you just Patrick Swayze me is one of my favorite lines.
4: Which I made up. <laughs> oh.
5: Um. oh man, that is a great. Line. Half years. Like,
0: do you what do my husband say? <laughs> do you have a favorite line from the season? Yeah, you're the village of your idiot. <laughs>
5: oh,
0: <laughs> I quite liked
4: as well the. when Diego was tying me up
0: Are in the
4: <laughs> And there was just this lovely bit where it's nice when you get to reminisce on camera. I think. It's a very nice thing when you draw people in through remembering something. It's a nice trick. And uh, so there was a lovely bit where there specific details of Klaus's time in Vietnam when he like j- j- just experiencing the beauty of, of that country, the mountain of Crouching Beast. And I really, really enjoyed performing that because I sort of imagined it, it in my mind's eye, as as vividly as I possibly could, I just kind of put myself there, and was just like, God, that was brilliant. (laughs) uh, So that was really nice, I I really liked that dialogue, because it was very well written.
6: Thank you, thanks.
4: Thanks, Maria.
0: performance when you went to the DA bar. It was so
7: so powerful. I don't
0: know. What what did you
8: draw on, or how did you draw on such an experience that would be so difficult to dredge up as a fictional experience
0: that a person that never drawn upon themselves? I I, I was really impressed by that. I was moved.
4: Thank you very much. You know, I did a play a few years back, and I was rehearsing it, and I remember Yeah, being in the rehearsal room and all the other actors around the sides and Sir Trevor Nunn, (laughs) like famous theatrician of the last 50 years, was sat in front of me and I felt terrified. And I went, "Rob, your terror is not needed. And when you feel that heckle, just put it aside because that's not what people are coming to pay tickets for to see. You know, it's self indulgent to be scared. And what happened then is I made a realization that wow." When I just completely turn down the volume on that primitive heckle, then you're free to, to express emotion as intensely and as vividly as you possibly can. So that was a, a thing that kind of advanced me forward and I think was key to the intensity of, of all that for Klaus, you know. because. Uh, I basically for about nine weeks in London was having a nervous breakdown on stage every night and it was brilliant, I loved it so much it was beautiful, you know, it was therapeutic and um, so I felt I was sort of practiced, that had only been a few years before and uh, yeah, yeah I think I think that was a lot to do with it because I, I, I played Richard III on the stage so it was like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that helps great too. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I agree, it was such a poignant scene. It was really beautiful. Thank Super you. cool, thank you. Thanks to you both. <laughs> Appreciate it very much. Hi. Hi. I'm school to be a
5: psychologist. Excuse me, a psych, yeah, a psychologist. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, we always get family yeah, dynamics. So before the show, I always get the but I was always like lost because it never had the dynamics of a family that's not biological. And I think you guys have done such a great job that now I can make those connections to each one of your characters versus something that we're studying, and trying to find out the treatment for it. And so I just want to say thank you for good acting. And also I have to tell Uh, I just thank you so much. And besides being it me entertaining, it is very educational
0: for us who are studying
5: the fields of addiction studies, mental health, and family <coughs> like, okay. dynamics and
6: stuff. So thank you. Awesome. Thank, awesome. You.
0: Thank, you. thank you. Good luck with your degree. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm Jenna. from am really I, besides asking the obvious question that I know is loving so many of us from where are our seatbelts?
8: <laughs> I thought, you know, American Customs might be asking questions if I brought a big bag of soil <laughs> to America. You'd be surprised what you do. <laughs>
0: anyway.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I gave them all away. I did this Extinction Rebellion event last week in London, and it of There was loads of different things going on. There was a voodoo clown priestess, and there was a... <laughs> Which, by just as a side note, that was incredible. It was this amazing performer. She was walking around this party with such incredible intensity and dedication. And I sort of just came up to get a closer look at her. Because to, to see how she was dressed, she looked, she looked exactly like that. She looked like a clown. Pretty steps. Uh, she was in this kind of green garb and then I came up to kind of get a closer look and she stopped and she was carrying this lotus flower made out of material with all soil inside of it and she saw me and she turned to me and as she turned to me her two aides these guys dressed as in green as well
0: they, they took me aside and they put a, a mat
4: down on the floor and they said she bids you kneel
0: <laughs> and I was like sort of m- whispering this prayer
4: in my ears. And she, she took my hands and she put them into this soil, this, this lotus flower that she'd opened. And then she was kind of rubbing the soil into the palms of my hands and she was like, dead stare, intense gaze in my face. It's like, you know, and it, it, it sort of spoke to the kind of old, Pagan appreciation, the kind of druidic love of the earth, you know, the thing that we're all trying to save. If you're part of the extinction rebellion thing, and it hit me in such a non-rational, deep poetic way. It was like, wow, holy shit. Anyway, next to that, I was doing a seed ball making station, where, where you show people how to make wildflower seed balls, which you can just kind of sling, you know, next to a tree or in some grass. And uh you know, when it, when spring rolls around they'll start to grow. So uh yeah, I didn't have any room in my suitcase for them in Chicago, I'm afraid. I might forgive you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but my question was going to be as two real life
0: princesses. Um which Disney princess do you
4: identify with? <laughs> I quite yeah. like the one in Aladdin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the name yeah. Jasmine. I
4: Because she had really cool clothes, I liked her her garb. She had these kind of new romantic pants on. (laughs) I liked her look. Are
0: you trying to reach her length of hair? Yeah, possibly.
5: Uh, (laughs) Um, She's not a princess, but
8: Mulan was my favorite. Can't wait! I'll be there opening day. Shut that Thank you so much. Thank Thank you.
0: Thanks me. Hi. Hi. Uh, I have a quick question. What's the most embarrassing thing that you have to do on set? While I was like in life? <laughs> 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 most, embarrassing,
5: most embarrassing? We could be here all day.
6: <laughs> yeah, scene a moment of filming for the first season. Um, oh man. Or it could be
4: like a behind the scenes maybe t- joke. Oddly. tricky. Also because it was my first day, I think, with the dancing in the first episode. That was my first day of filming, so there's a hundred people all on set, and they're like, hello, hiya, hello, hiya, and then then they're like, now dance like no one's watching. (laughs) So that was pretty embarrassing. Yeah.
8: I also think,
5: yeah, that was was harder than I thought. The scenes scenes where you don't actually have to talk are sometimes the scenes that are the trickiest. You're like, you just want me to dance? Okay, I guess I'll just dance with this mannequin. (laughs) And this boa. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we mostly have just like funny moments. I don't know if we've had any... Was it awkward? Was that what your question was? Your most awkward moment? Uh, Embarrassing.
4: Embarrassing.
5: <laughs> yeah. We didn't have any, like, I didn't have any big, like, costume mishaps
4: or anything. <laughs> like a little nip slip or
8: something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm always getting
4: people's name wrong, you know, That's that's pretty embarrassing, especially if you've been working with them for two months. <laughs> oh, I completely,
5: there is, I completely ate shit this second season. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember this? <laughs> The driveway? <laughs> so you haven't seen it yet, and you won't, hopefully. I don't know, the edit. It <laughs> might actually end up in there. But I really ate it really hard trying to be like running across a gravel driveway in my heels. So uh, that was not the move. I have like scars all of my leg. It didn't go
6: very well. Um, yeah, it's bad,
5: like straight through my pants. So that was, uh, that was unfortunate. <laughs> thank
6: you, great question, thank you.
5: Thank you. Hi.
6: Hi, how's it going? How's it going, Evan? Good. Pretty good, pretty relaxed, you know. Any more relaxed than I'd be asleep. Is that your cat? <laughs> it is my cat. Okay. Oh, yes, I am.
8: Uh, yeah, it's critical word. Yeah. When did it pass away? <laughs> I was trying not to talk about it. it was yesterday. Sorry, sorry, I brought it up. He's just in the spotlight. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I'm Brendan Reddit
4: from Bilkinere.
8: And I think that the show is delightful,
0: but arguably extremely
7: bizarre. And so
4: knowing that you had such
7: little
0: exposure to the source
7: material before you went out there and filmed it, I'm curious about your initial impressions mentally of the script. Maybe not just the first episode, but for any of them. When you first read the scripts,
6: it, or, or has there ever been a point when you've read the current script where you're like, what? How is that going to
4: happen?
5: Or... You
10: know, just a, a specific, I think it, yeah. there is that moment
5: every episode, <laughs> every single episode we get, we read it, and I'm like, this isn't going to work. <laughs>
10: <laughs> and
5: then you watch it, and you're like, that totally
0: works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. And you become very preoccupied with your own character's yeah. journey, I think. And, uh, so, like, you know, you might get script five, script six. Like you're kind of discovering the show much like you guys did, you know, through reading the scripts and going, "Oh, we're going to pop back in that. We're going to unpack that part of the story." And oh, this bit, you know. The second series actually was was like a lot. There was a lot of moments like that reading the scripts for me. It was like, "Oh, it's a continuation of this person," and sort of. So uh, you kind of you didn't concern yourself too much with it until were given, it was sort of ready to be, you know, because you're kind of, uh, the, the sort of character journey bit can be quite insular, and thank God we have uh, stewards of the ship, Steve, and the writing team, who are unpacking that story and doing it very intriguing ways, and we were kind of discovering, you know, getting our heads around it as best we could, you know. So it goes through stages, you know, like you... The first, like at the beginning of a season, we'll talk to boss, dad, Steve, and he will kind of pitch our character's journey to us. And then, but there's so many other strands going on, so, you know, it's just like very, very very new and all that.
5: And, you know, but when we start shooting episode, you know, 201, they've only written maybe one, two, and three. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is where we think you're going, but then if, you know, we're in episode four and they decide to change something, like by the time we get to 10, that idea that he had for us, that first initial conversation, is like no longer on the table anymore. So it's it's very, you know, this, they're writing the scripts as we are shooting the show. And so, you know, it's, everything is constantly in flux, and, you know, we're constantly having to, like, call Steve and be like, Hey, uh, this is happening now in this episode, but what about blah, 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 blah? And then we will have to kind of renegotiate and assess and kind of pick like, apart the strands and kind of try to sew it back together. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of manipulation of the script as we go. Um, even, you know, while we're shooting, it's happening, like, you know, we'll have to call Steve while we're on set and be like, this dialogue isn't actually making sense anymore because we changed something thing in the other episode, so now I'm kind of saying this thing and it's weird, you know, so it's a lot of it, it's constantly changing, which is cool. Um, and, you know, I think that's the exciting part, is that, you know, there is kind of this, they have this outline for all of us, but then once we get into it and start shooting, Things kind of there's like an ebb and flow, and things grow and change, and things work and don't work, or we shoot it, and then you know three months later we have to go back and reshoot it because it didn't work, or you know. So
0: yeah. there's, there's a, it's a oh, oh, plane yeah. spinning. Yeah, there's so balls many plays, balls in the air at all, all
6: times. times, and it's important to be able to pivot, isn't that? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah, have to be flexible and kind
5: of just go with. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess yeah. that my like, whole <laughs> plot lines are just cams. and you're just like,
6: oh. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Great question. Thank you. Thank you. And this is going to be our last question. Can you make it a quick one? Because technically we're out of
8: time, but we've been standing there. So, yeah. So,
6: my name is from
8: Oregon. Cool, man.
5: show, what would you bring?
4: My purple hair. <laughs> Ooh. I do love the, the levitation of Clappers. Like He's so sort of drenched in ennui, but yet he's floating in midair. <laughs> I love that, you know. So, yeah, I like the kind of... It's quite tricksy, you know. It's a yeah. character full of him, so. Yes. That'd be cool. That'd be cool.
2: And now my favorite panel of last weekend at C2E2. This is the boys panel. It features a cast of five. It's funny as hell. I'm just going to let you guys listen to it. Everything is self-explanatory. You're going to know who's there, the whole bit. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the boys panel. I hope you enjoy
3: So folks who've been in this room all day, you know the drill for all of our new folks. for just a few moments, I'm going to introduce our moderator. Her name is Claire. Please make sure you show her a lot of love. She's been working really, really hard on this stage all weekend long. She's going to introduce the folks that are coming out the back from the show. When they come out the back, I need everybody to jump out of their seat and toss a whole damn baby. All right? I need you to know that you guys are here because we need you. You're in. Inter- Show. The more you clap, the more you cheer, the more you smile. Better the show gets better the show gets. Ratings go up, ratings go up. I don't have to go back to being Woody Woodpecker at Universal Studios. So enjoy yourself. Not a joke, real life. I hug jump children. Get over it. So enjoy yourself. Not kidding, it sucks. So enjoy yourself and have a whole good time the entire damn day. It's time to do this thing. It's time to introduce our moderator. Are you ready?
7: It's nice to see something that's uh, dark and twisted and, uh, uh, and and different. And I think the success of films like Deadpool
0: um, has
7: uh, has proven that there is an audience for uh, R-rated uh, comic book material. Absolutely. there's are so no saturated in comic books and
9: and, and uh, you know, DC Universe. Everything's a universe now. And I think it's nice to just you know to have the option that comes out something a little more subversive and um, a little more "fuck you." <laughs>
6: but, and that's exactly what it is, you know. Las, your character though—you're, you're a home, you're, a, you know, a family man. You're a home guy, and you—it's really interesting because home you have guy. to find that dynamic between being that family man and yet going on these missions and and being a part of the boys. So, how did you sort of create that within Mother's Bell?
3: So, it's very easy, because I'm really the nice guy when I'm hanging around these guys. Like, they're really bad people. (laughs) That's a great story. Carl's been a horrible influence on me in my personal life. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Carl's a horrible influence
9: on everyone. (laughs)
3: No, I mean, uh, you know... Uh, I just want to say, when he means
7: horrible influence, he means ending up in a club being taught karate with Jack Quaid by a woman wearing red lingerie at three in the morning. (laughs) Woo! Oh, my God! (laughs) What's What's he
6: talking about? I I can attest to that I was there.
3: What? I
10: was there.
6: I can attest to that. This was part of the cast lot. That's true. I
3: was there. See? You see what I mean? we had boas I had a purple boa. Oh my God, that's right. so this really happened anyway um back to the question uh, you know for me it, it's it's I'm, I'm OCD in real life so it actually feels good to be able to go on set and clean up after all these guys <laughs> it's to the point where I straighten things out for the 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 people on set who are supposed to be
7: doing it for us, I straighten it out for them. You know, like I, I, I correct them. This is no joke, because we, we're next to each other signing autographs. Laz is there organizing his photos in the neater files. And nobody's there today. I, so you, then,
3: you saw that? I saw that.
6: <laughs> so then they started maybe writing a little more of that caretaking.
3: They do write more of that. He's the mother of the group. He's the dad, the, 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 the bad father. You know, I'm the caretaking mother. And,
6: uh, you know, it's just, uh, they're my kids. And I love them. I love that. Well, let's talk about Billy Butcher. I mean, you mentioned the MCU. You dabbled in there a little bit with Thor Ragnarok. And uh, this is a totally, as we were saying, different take. Uh, What drew you to play the seemingly dark Billy Butcher?
7: Uh, Well, it was two things, really. Um, I read the the pilot script. Um, I thought it was... It was fun and dark, twisted, and, and I really was drawn to the character of Billy. Uh, there's a sort of Machiavellian um, uh, uh, character who, uh, you know, manipulates Huey uh, into doing what he wants, and uh, that appealed to me. Uh <laughs> so far away from what I'm like. Really. On and off.
0: Nice guy. Nice Nice guy.
7: And, and secondly, it was, a, it was really kind of meeting Eric Kripke and Seth Rogen and Em Goldberg and talking to those guys about what it was they were going to do and what they weren't going to do. And, and I decided that uh, it was a leap of faith that I was going to take, that I, I was really intrigued by. I didn't think that I had seen anything quite like it. And I think that's you know, one of the things that we will kind of look for in, uh, when we're trying to find something to do is, is some sort of a semblance of uh, originality, and, and this definitely had it.
6: Were any of you familiar with the graphic novel before hearing about the show?
7: I mean, not so much. I mean, I was aware of what it was, right. but I hadn't read it. What about you guys? No, I, no, I didn't.
9: No, no, it's just, it's just not something that did come across my plate, but uh, I read it and did not think it could be put on screen <laughs> and then, and then, and then that was, I was fucking intrigued I'm like oh cool. how are they going to put that much dick in, in, in a TV show and not in, in the, the sh-. I mean come on the, the comic is outrageous but I think um, you know Carl mentioned the creative team around it I think what they've done pretty successfully I think is really just negotiate negotiate uh, uh, walk that balance of being true to the Graphic novel, but also making it accessible. It's something that we can actually put on TV.
6: Absolutely. And let's talk about Homelander. I
0: mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
9: yeah. You,
6: you are the super, also the super villain, all wrapped up in one. Um, how do you create that dynamic as an actor? <laughs> 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 or you just go with the maniacal mask and that.
9: Yeah. <laughs> I could go on about, you know, all this deep character work and blah, 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 but I think a lot of it is just me. Um, <laughs> I'm sad to say that, but, you know, if you ain't got it, you can't put it on screen. So I guess, I, I think it's, um, I think one of the most important things is that you just got to enjoy being the bad guy. You know, I got so much broke. Like, I turn up and I can almost literally do whatever I want. And they'll, they won't say yes all the time and they'll put me back in my place a lot. But being bad is fun. Me and, uh, me and Dom had a really the scene in the first, episode four, when the plane's going down, and um, she had the most extraordinarily horrible day, she was crying, and she was really carrying the emotional weight of the scene, it's really fucking harrowing, <laughs> and she's like really great in it, and this is this very intense thing, I had a fucking ball. <laughs> I, I was laughing. Day, did a great job. It's amazing. We had such different experiences, and I think that's one of the great things about being. I had a blast.
0: A bad guy. <laughs> that was the best week of filming. It was that's...
8: so much fun filming that plane scene. I mean, it was I, my favorite, my highlight, my highlight of the
0: first season. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. It was
8: place.
6: fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, your character is—it's interesting because you are starting to have a conscience, and you know, we see you struggle, and whether it's reaching out to your ex or Starlight, you know, she's kind of becoming torn. So,
8: well, I think when we meet Maeve, she's quite torn. She's jaded with everything that's been going on, and she's been the victim herself. She knows where Starlight is standing, because she stood there herself. So, um, when we meet her, she's, um, she's quite broken, and, and we're meeting her at a very low point. And from there, I think through Starlight, we see her, start to see herself, and become aware of, of the journey that she needs to take to get out of that situation.
6: Yeah, and you even tell her be original or be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very cool scene <laughs> in between do you right. Exactly. When I, when I really vomited. You, yeah, after, after you threw I'm up. Cry, from home, yeah. Yeah, and obviously Aaron Starlight, what a great character. Um, really amazing job as an actress. What do you why? I mean, to be honest, you were thrown into this V2 movement storyline, and and I'm just curious. Where, did you have any trepidation as an actor, kind of walking in like that? You know what? I actually didn't, because
10: so the version of the script that I originally got cast in when it was a pilot did not include that storyline. And I remember I booked the job and I started to read the boys comic book and I and I read this moment that Starlight has bunch of these guys and it's like the situation the pilot but even worse and i was like wow okay that's really interesting i'm glad we're not going to be depicting that and then kripke called me and he's like look we're going to do our own take on it it's going to be a little bit different and it's going to serve a purpose that's ultimately going to be a strengthening point for starlight is just going to kind of catalyze this like sort of mental journey that she goes on from like being point A, which is kind of like naive and ignorant about the world to like ultimately deciding that it's not going to defeat her, it's going to light a fire behind her ass and then also I think the way it explored the Me Too movement in terms of like, you know, they're most things lie within the gray areas, and how you respond to situations is more important than how you're, you may react to it in the moment viscerally, so I liked it. I was super happy to kind of
6: approach the taboo subject and sort of get involved in the dialogue around it. I thought it was very brave of the show and of you, so,
0: <laughs> yeah.
6: Dom, you mentioned the fight scene, and I mean, it's an extremely physical show for everyone, you know, whichever side you're on. What is the training like for you guys um, in preparation for filming? Is there any, or you just kind of go in and the stunt coordinator teaches you in the moment? How does that work? Oh, well, I definitely trained
8: for my fight sequence that I had with the three wrestlers. Yeah. Big guys. Yeah. There was a lot of choreography for that. (laughs) How long? A (laughs) lot of fun. Um... I probably learned that choreography maybe in a few days, but I had trained beforehand. I had done Muay Thai and I was in the gym doing weights and stuff like that, so, um, yeah. But I think that was another highlight. I I loved shooting that scene. It was the dialogue beforehand that was the tricky part. I think that was... I think.
10: Yeah. but the action was awesome I remember yeah. every time walking in and I was meant to be really like in a bad mood in the scene and I kept seeing you kick ass and I was like
8: girl but then I was like oh,
10: <laughs> you look amazing thanks
8: yeah.
9: I don't do anything <laughs> I just walk around in a cape with my hands behind my back and laser people um, which I love because I did a show for four years called Banshee yeah. and that, the entire world's fans are in this room. <laughs> <laughs> the five people that watched that fucking show here. I mean,
0: Thanks, guys.
7: Um <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs>
7: God, You may know me from such shows as Banshee. <laughs> Please don't go and watch it. I need the money.
9: I'm living on the streets. Uh, none of that, but there was so much action in that. So, this was just like the prospect of walking around in a, in a puffy suit and, you know, like, I fly. It just, they put me in a harness and that can hurt sometimes. <laughs> and that's about as long as I tuck right? Like, that is literally the only problem I'm going to have. Well,
6: there's art to that. I'm
9: there's no sure. kids here, right? Yes. I bet there's kids here. I bet some bad parents have moved their kids to the boys. I
10: can't watch the
6: boys yet.
3: You can't even watch the show. Why would you bring your children? What's wrong with them? <laughs>
6: Well, Carl, your character goes through the first seven episodes thinking one thing and then finds out that his wife is alive, and how does that change Billy um, and his objective, I guess?
7: Well, this is a season two question, really, isn't it? <laughs> um Yeah, I mean because you know, I think I think Billy in season one never never really gave up on the fact that his wife was alive, but You know, really, if he was to think about it, would would kind of feel like she was dead because he's exhausted all possibility of finding her.
0: It's really interesting.
7: (laughs) 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 I am listening, I am listening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh,
0: then, you know, uh, obviously, I think, you
7: know, in season two, uh, that's what we're. We're going to explore, and I think delve right into the rape of it all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which will play really well, by the way. I mean, uh, thank you, America's favorite rape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <I remember who. laughs> um, yeah.
7: So, but no, all good things. We, we, I mean, you you guys will. Love it. I mean, just get, I can't Season wait. two just gets uh, deeper and, and uh, obviously more more character, everything gets more intense and taken yeah. up a whole lot of notches. Basically, everything that, you know, it's like, it's like it's a little bit like drama 101,
9: right? Whenever someone's got something, you take it away after get married, you break them up, whatever. So everything that the characters end up with at the end of season one, or don't end up with, then they get, or they lose. And I think, you know, you don't want to spoil it, because there's some pretty crazy stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of one scene in particular which, you know, you'll, you'll, You'll know when you see it. That um, I've never done anything like it, but but it is. It's like you know, it is. It's I think it's a. It's it's difficult. That's this. You know, it's the difficult second album. Um, it's hard to come out from a show that's got a little bit of momentum, and um, we felt pretty good about it. And then what do you do to follow on from that? And I think our creative team, Cricky and um, the writers, did a really good job of balancing that, not pushing it too far, but but at the same time extending on. The elements
3: that the fans have to love i know what scene you're talking about i know what scene you're talking about too like yeah. I, I couldn't <laughs> wait till it happened because i went
0: into the makeup trailer the next day so excited like did anthony have a shit fit
9: did yeah. he go off yeah. was he pissed yeah. did he have a it mental really,
10: breakdown and what and nobody realizes is that is just you and like your natural
9: Yeah, but no one knows what we're talking about. None of this is (laughs) relevant. But it's still very interesting. So we're all
6: speculating (laughs) about what's gonna happen. Um, Anthony and Aaron and Dom, did you guys have any input into what the what your superheroes' outfits were gonna look like?
10: Uh, Not what they looked like, more like what they felt like. Like this is like squeezing my torso so hard that like I can't feel my organs. So let's loosen it, type of thing. (laughs) Okay, for me, but not the aesthetic. That was all LJ. Okay.
8: Mine is quite uncomfortable. <laughs> I've got a bustier and a corset and then that thing that I, I literally can't bend it. so um, it definitely adds to those fight sequences where, you know, it's a little harder. But, um, but obviously we were just trying to be accurate and represent the comic books properly, and that was, that was the priority, so...
9: Yeah I, did, but yeah, I think these guys came off worse, really, because especially, if, you know, we're shooting up in Toronto, so by the end of the summer, we start dipping into winter. These guys are out freezing. Um, I spend the summer melting because of it so much.
2: Believe it or not, I'm
9: not as buff as Homelander. <laughs> I know you. I know how you look it, but... Um, but like it's so hot in that thing, so I've got a cooling system that like, pumps some cold water and I have to walk around like with a little bag and it looks like a catheter. It looks like yeah. a little catheter <laughs> sticking out of
0: the I'm gonna get one of IV bags, right? Yeah, just like hang it up and walk around like I'm in hospitals. Yeah, <laughs> I was so disappointed the first day I
3: saw you on set. Like I was like a fanboy, I was like, Oh shit, homelander. And he turns around and he's got a little bag.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> <around, he's> <laughs> must be light- late <laughs> It's right to me. That's
6: exactly what happened. Oh,
0: I've been talking to you had. Amazing.
6: Um, we're gonna open it up for questions, because I know you guys probably have a lot of questions for these guys. There's two mics in the aisles, and, while they kind of get themselves sorted, um, Everybody in here loves the boys, they love you guys. What do you guys geek out about? Are you watching anything? Are you listening to anything in particular? We actually just
7: started watching, well, I started watching yeah. Succession.
6: Yeah, the three of us
10: are obsessed with
7: it. That. Oh, love that.
10: So I mean, good. Like the boys,
7: that is like my favorite group of like deplorable oh, characters.
9: Oh my oh. god.
7: It's such a good show.
9: Oh, good. So well done. So I just watched that show, Taboo. Oh! Taboo! if you haven't seen it, Tom Hardy has to leave, then it's just phenomenal. He's amazing. I love He's, he's no bad.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Hi, we'll start over here. Hi. Hi, I'm Melanie. I'm from Atlanta. Um, my question is mostly for Aaron. How you guys talked about
5: you know, The Boys being an R-rated superhero show. Uh-huh. For a lot of people, that's their first R-rated superhero show. And I think it's really interesting that Aaron already had experience of being part of a show that was really dark and also kind of Me Too heavy. Um, I just kind of wondered, what did you draw from that? Or what was it like kind of when you realized your new storyline? And what experiences did you bring from Jessica to The boy? it's
10: um, Funny, because... I, I feel like when I approach characters, I look at them as such singular, specific entities that I haven't thought very much until recently that I've kind of gone through two very similar storylines on Jessica Jones and the boys, which is really interesting. Both characters um, go through pretty insane sexual abuse. Maybe my character, Jessica Jones, you can't really, you can't compare, but she goes through something that's horrendous. Um, I think what it probably was was, um, honestly, there was, there was such a difference between the rules because the first time around I was playing just such a, a human, just a human being who is in jail, who has been raped, who has been knocked up, and then the boys is kind of the opposite, and then I end up killing myself. You know what I mean? I'm not ruining this because it came out years ago. The boys was like, was like, I had to find the strength in that. So that I loved doing because I had done the role, which rightfully so, of a young woman who just was totally defeated by an act that was done to her. The boys was really interesting, and I loved the way Eric took it because she gained strength from it, which you wouldn't normally think would be the result of sexual assault, but I think a lot of young women have this, because you go through it, what are you supposed to do? You can't let it ruin the rest of your life. So, you know, they both go through sexual assault. Um, I've played that a bunch of young female roles, and I think it's reflective of the fact that, unfortunately, uh, it's a, a kind of an epidemic amongst young women. But um, I would say they were really different, and I approached them essentially as just totally different entities on different arcs. But, um, yeah, both were fun and challenging in their own right. Yeah, thank you. Great question.
6: You. Hi. Hello, I'm Kenya from Chicago. Um, just wondering how much are we going to see of uh, Black Noir in the Season 2 because we don't really see too much of him in Season 1 and knowing a little bit from the comics, it's a big, you know, t- change or twist from, you know, what we see in the first the
7: first season, so just wondering if we'll get into that a little more. You're going to love what's coming up of Black Noir. 100%. It is so good. Uh, he's played very well through the the, uh, the whole series and, and, and culminates in some diabolical action, which I can't get too specific about at this yeah. point. Um, and you may even find out what his kryptonite is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh,
7: but, no, he's Gary Krypton, yeah? Fired yeah. oh, sorry. <laughs> Good job uh,
9: No but he's right He's right It's like, like Like Black Noir I think Of all the characters In season 2 From I read all the scripts And not just The yellow bits and, uh, <laughs> Mostly just the yellow bits But But, but, but he's I think he was uh, the, Probably They wrote to him The strongest In season 2 In my opinion Like Black Noir Is like a fucking Force In season 2 He's terrifying. Yeah, it's
0: him, On Is he you?
9: Ooh.
7: That's a spoiler. <laughs> spoiler.
6: Look at you, pushing <laughs> a little question too far. But thank you. Good try. <laughs> Hi.
3: How you doing, guys? Uh, my name is Um uh, I'm from uh, New Jersey. And uh, I was curious. I know uh, you guys
9: touched on a little bit. And even in uh, the boys' show, um, there's a lot of sort of unexpected
7: <laughs> lessons that are learned, like uh, Starlight coming into the show, uh, or, or coming onto the team, and not turning out to be anything that she ever expected. So I was wondering if, um, in joining up with this cast, if you know, while filming this season
3: and and the new one, um, if there were any sort of unexpected lessons that you guys took on as as actors.
6: What did they learn from the first season, maybe, or takeaway? Um, yeah, like from the storyline, anything maybe that applied to your personal life or anything professional
8: you learned. So much.
10: I'm a horrible bowler. <laughs> horrible. Um, I learned how to bowl for an episode and I took lessons leading up to it. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> bowl. I had to bowl and Starlight sort of like, Annie is meant to be an amazing bowler, and so they had me go to lessons and the teacher literally was like, I don't know. Well, how to help her?
3: <laughs> I learned that uh, I have the capability of gaining two pounds per episode. Four episodes in, I was up eight pounds, and by the end of the season, I was like, "How did this? I need an extra large jacket. Yeah, it was it was crazy. You need a coolant system. Yeah, it was, I, I need a homelander suit."
6: Although, I
3: don't think this is
10: ruining anything, but there was one scene we did where, <laughs> like, you must have eaten, like, <laughs> ten donuts. And <laughs>
5: kept like, going, and I was
10: looking at you, and I was like, because
5: I had to do it too, and I was like, hum.
10: and then you just kept slamming them, and <laughs> they kept saying, do you not, do you want to fake a bite? And you're like, good. <laughs> ten
3: I okay, got so, it. Admit, admit it. Okay, so admit, it. Call somewhere. me now. Did you and Jack do that on purpose so I have to keep me donuts? Donut uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to give her, like, an authentic performance because the camera was on her. It's
10: a really deep moment, and I was like, and I was like, I was like, Laz, I need you for me here to eat the
3: fucking donut.
10: <laughs> So I take responsibility for four
6: of those pounds. <laughs>
3: they were good donuts. They yeah, were yeah.
6: good. We're good donuts. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Hi. Hi, Maya. I'm Eric
2: from Palatine, Illinois. My question is for Carl. Um, what would you see uh, Dread doing with Homelander's powers
7: in Big City <laughs> What would I see Dread doing with Homelander's powers? Like would he just nuke? I mean, he would use them for pretty much slightly more benevolent uh, 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 ends than than Homelander, but Dredd's a fascist. (laughs) He's not exactly the hero's hero. Thank you.
6: Hi.
8: Hi, guys. Uh, My name is Bichanzo. And I'm from Chicago. Uh, my question is: What is the biggest challenge taking about on your role?
6: On any new
5: role? On the role in the
6: boys. Oh, what is what your biggest, is biggest challenge, challenge taking on your your characters?
9: Uh, the suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no kidding, man! The suit is a fucking. It's a. It's a, it, it, They're really great. Um, LJ, um, Laura Jean Shedd, she 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 made fantastic suits uh, that look amazing, but did. They do, they do sometimes ergonomically, um, they're a little pinchy, they're not, they're not always super comfortable. Uh, they've each got their own little personality, and that's taken a long time to figure that out. But that's, you know, I mean, it's not that bad. It's, it's
7: bad. <laughs> it is bad. The laser baby was a challenge. Yeah. You gotta watch those fuckers, they're tricky. <laughs> Very dangerous handle with care.
9: <laughs> There's got to be a spin-off show.
0: <laughs> Laser babies!
6: Anyone down on that end? Any particular challenges?
8: I would agree with um, Anthony. definitely the costumes. For sure. Biggest challenge.
6: It's hard to pretend to be strong
8: because
10: I have so many scenes where I have to remember I'm a superhero, but then... Aaron is like trying to open a door and I'm like oh god and then I make an effort and and the director's like so you can't you're a superhero like we had a scene where well uh, I was just about to dive into something and I don't think I can tell the anecdote never mind it's in a season two story yeah it was really funny basically I'm really weak starlights really strong and they're I've had some silly moments of directors being like, that's just you can't you can't be like that. <laughs> you can't act like that. So maybe I should train more for the job. <laughs>
0: yeah. I
10: think you're doing a great job.
6: Thank you for your question. Thank
1: you. Hi. Hi, my name is Jerome Green from Chicago,
3: Illinois, born and raised. My question is for Kyle Lorban. When are we getting the sequel to Dread?
7: You know your uh, you know your geography by the way um, I actually don't know what you meant listen uh, I would love to make it uh, I've gone on the record saying that uh, a bunch of times um, I, I don't know if it's gonna happen I think that you know the guys who own the rights to dread rebellion I have, I think they're developing something called mega City one um, and it would just be great to see more dread whether it's with me or not it's uh, it, it doesn't matter. I'm a fan of Dread, and I want, there's so many great stories there. I would love to see them, and I have no doubt that someday, someone will make it. Um, it's just a question. It's just a matter just, of time. It, it will be me.
9: <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know that yet, but I've already signed on. Uh, <laughs> on you back, sport. Thank you.
7: <laughs> Hi. Hi, Sam uh, from Chicago. Uh, I was curious if there was any omissions from like the comic book that you guys wish you would have been You're gonna love season two.
0: <laughs>
7: <laughs> Shit, it's crippy again. Yeah.
9: Uh, I'm rehiring you to fire you again. <laughs> we're gonna be banned from doing these panels. <laughs>
7: we're uh, we're actually all doing a uh, uh, a, a, a television festival thing. Uh, week or two, I believe. Uh, and, uh, hey, where's where we're, we're supposed to, you know, talk about season two spoilers. Uh, we, we're going to have nothing to talk about, and they're going to be so infuriated with us because you guys know it first. Yeah, if you love Tara, you'll love season two. This definitely, Tara makes an appearance. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you.
6: Given it to Chicago. all it giving- Did you know? <laughs> hey, they're
3: not complaining, right? <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm uh, David Galindo from Fremont, California. Uh, school teacher. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony should play Mama's
1: brother in the new dread, That's enough to am Because you're good, bad. What'd you bad. say? What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dad, I you. Anthony would be a great bad guy for the new draft. Maybe.
3: Just saying. Yeah. brother Mama's brother. Bob. You should play Carl's mother. Sorry, that was a sidebar. Is I'm
9: that am much... a... quite dumb?
3: Laz, <laughs> do you really watch Downton Abbey? Because
7: that one scene. You know, you know, I gotta tell you a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> when he first started doing the scene and he started doing the lines, he was calling it Downtown Abbey. <laughs>
3: Uh, i my life. I was like, what the fuck is this? this is downtown downtown. Abbey. And yeah. I, I wrote an uh, email. I was like, can we use another show like Housewives of Atlanta? Like, a lot of people don't watch Downtown, downtown Abbey. We use something that, you know, black people watch. Other people? Uh, By the way, this is from someone who drinks with their pinky up, literally. <laughs> How much longer do we have on this band? <laughs> She didn't twenty five on you. So to answer that question, brother, no, I, I do not watch Downton, Downtown. <laughs> You'll listen again. No, will listen no, again. Downtown. <laughs> is it Downton? Downtown. 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 Down, downtown
1: okay. Downtown Alley. Downtown Abbey, man. Downtown Alley. Downtown Alley. No, I. Mean, just because I started watching that show because of you with my wife. I swear to God, I would. And I'm like, hey, just watch that. And she's like,
0: hey. and then I swear. Is it good? It is it's not really good. It's so good. It's not a movie. It is good. Yeah, but anyway,
3: I, I'm going to go tell her that. I'm going to text her right now and be like, babe, hey, he, he really don't. But yeah, she thinks. But you know what? Check in with him in a year. Maybe he will. I think I might. I might start. Mother's health does. I have a point.
0: Hi.
8: then we'll take a picture,
0: <laughs> and then this thing's a picture. <laughs> I was just wondering who started that, that shit was really Who started
7: that, pal? Yeah, this is a long story. It's not very interesting. we got 25 minutes, 25 seconds.
0: That's... <laughs> yes. Yeah,
7: there's a little bit of prank war going on set between the boys and uh, I was on set one day uh, and I did this kind of Burt Reynolds pose on the bed and
0: I got to set and
7: I didn't have really time to really reference the Burt Reynolds of it all and we get to set and I'm doing this and it's quite a heavy uh, scene that I'm shooting and then I and I see
0: Laz and Jack started
7: really, really mysterious and coy, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Oh, no, no, nothing, nothing, no, no, come on, what's going on? Nothing. And I whipped out the phone, checked the Insta, and these guys had done the exact same pose on the bed in the set next door. And then the rest of the cast joined in, so so that's how it, uh, that's how it started, but... Uh, I believe it was heading into the weekend, like... Yes, it was. <laughs> now, that was that was like the second or third one. Sort of
0: a little bit of a sexy uh, so yeah, we've
7: been, we've been having fun when I got Jack a goodie head One day for some reason on set He had to have this bit of whiteboard Pinned to his chest So I just Shot the shit out of that uh, And then and then Put in a whole lot of slogans on it <laughs> And then we agreed to have a truce
0: so,
3: not, you, not before But you Not before he actually got me back by using his power as number one on the call this scene. Emotion. You hope that that's the case. And getting a scene rewritten that you're gonna see in season two. And I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but when you see it, you'll know Carl got me back. Badly. Badly. That's when I decided to wave <laughs> the white flag. Look forward to that. <laughs> it's bad. It's Thank so you. bad.
9: Thank you. I can't wait for these people to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just going, oh my God! I just want to tell you guys. I want
3: to tell you guys. I can't. Don't ever go to prank war with Carl Urban. You're gonna lose. Cal pranks back. Hi.
0: Hi there. Uh, my name's Zach. I'm from the Midwest. Whatever. Um, <laughs> No, 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 whatever. From the Midwest.
2: Um, my question is actually for Mr. Starr. Uh, so you're international from New Zealand. How was it to transition to this hyper-nationalistic American icon? Yeah. Yeah. It's good luck.
9: At the moment, your country has um, <laughs> a pretty fucking good example of all <laughs> So uh hideously patriotic
0: and just uh, <laughs> on the top, But there's also little um
9: there's little third-reich sort of elements, like the eagles. It's very um she did a Al-J did a great <coughs> job like like designing these suits to to walk right on the line of being uh, they're pretty subversive like, like thematically and in, in the design, but um uh, I don't really know what else to say but just will just, feel fearless leader is just a perfect example can I just, can I, can I just say uh,
3: I, one of the things that I love to do is study other actors especially when I'm on set I'm, I'm like a mouse just watching what they do with the material and the day that I, I can't really give away anything but being able to watch all these guys take what's written like you read it when they give us the scripts, and then you envision what it's going to be, and then seeing what they do with it, and elevate the material, it it's mind-blowing. Like, these are some really fucking talented people on this stage. Woo!
9: That's actually what he wanted, is
3: everyone to start <laughs> clapping and then go, but you're the best. <laughs> you too, lads. you too. No, 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 I mean, there, there are scenes in my head that I'm like, damn, he, oh shit, like, that's not on the script, you know, so I say that with all sincerity. That's amazing. Thank you. Hi. Hi, uh, my name is
9: Jeremiah Johnson. I'm from St. Louis. I did watch Banshee. Yes. Number four.
1: well first comment more is uh, I really appreciate how you know the show talks about you know, the me too movement, but it also talks about the inherent corruption that comes from like corporate greed and corporate money because that's like where the
7: corruption of the superheroes comes from so would you say this show has like opened the door for more lesser known comic book properties like Transmetropolitan
0: uh, or, like, yeah, and or like, more, like
2: or uh, Planetary like by Warren Ellis, where it does a
3: very deep dive on fringe topics that are important, but usually don't get big screen time or
7: television time that I think a lot of people are starved for in this industry. No idea. <laughs> but I hope so. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I hope so.
9: And I'll tell you what, I, I would, what I would, I don't know, maybe let me lay off topic about little rest of this, but so I, when I went and saw Joker,
0: um, <laughs> I was devastated. Yes. Sorry. Um,
9: I went and saw Joker, and I was like, what the, "Why am I going to see Joker again? That's done. Heath Legend did that. That's like it's done." I and mean, then it wasn't until I got in there that I realized, "Oh, they're not even trying to compete. They're just they're making a film about mental illness, and it was so much deeper and darker, and explored so much more than I realized it was going to be about." It just happened to be set in that DC in that universe, so I don't know if that help if that's any sort of answer to your question. But I feel like that kind of depth and being able to do character work and character study and film study that goes that deep, people fucking love it. People like people are smart and hungry for that kind of thing. So I think shows like us help uh, to open that door. But I think there's other things as well now, like Joker for example, that are coming along. Like, there's a new wave, there's a new trend that people are wanting a little more from their um, superhero universe than just good guys, I think.
6: Definitely, thank you. And I, I definitely agree with you.
7: I think it will open for lots of properties. Hi. Hi, my is Eddie. I'm from Quincy, Illinois. And I know you guys do other uh, conventions and things all over the world. What
6: stands out uh, f- to you for Chicago's C2E2 as opposed to like San
7: Diego or some other conventions that you might have been to? Anybody have deep dish
0: pizza? Uh, uh, deep, deep dish deep
9: dish pizza? <laughs> um, look, I- oh, I, I, I just spoke, but I'll do it you know, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't done that many conventions. He's Mr. Convention is on my left, and he can probably, he, he can probably add a little more value than I can. But, but what I would say is, like, is with the the few that I've done, um, it's maybe not a difference, but it's just, you, I mean, you guys are also fucking genuine, and warm, and it's so great, like, meeting you because we being in the show is kind of a bubble, and it's very difficult to get a hands-on sense of how people feel about it. And some of the stories you guys came up, like, someone came up to me today you know, saying that her, her mom uh, was, <laughs> had cr- chronic depression for five years and watched, <laughs> not the boys, Banshee, for, um, oh through that. I'm
0: fucking believable Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Starr. <Stiles. laughs> watch it! just fucking watch it! Please! <laughs> uh,
9: no, but she did. She watched it. So. And she said, um, and, and look, I think, you know, she said it really helped her through that period of her life. Like, like, who knows what it, what it means to people, but to come and meet you guys and have a little FaceTime and shake hands, but not too much, because coronavirus. More fist bumps today. But but I think that's, like, for all of us, right, that's a pretty amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah, I think Anthony's right.
7: He hit, on the, hit the nail on the head. You know, when we come to these cities and, and do these shows generally speaking don't get to see a whole hell of a lot of your beautiful city we get to hang out with you and you guys are the best part of our days so thank you we are pleased to have you guys as and we really appreciate it thank you this is my first convention
0: thank you well
6: time to tell you you're amazing in Avatar as well and you're a great actor and that, we're, we're very happy to have you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hi. Hello, Jacob Kelly from
7: Rhode Island. Carl, I've been following your career since you're on Hercules and Xena. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and my question is,
7: do you believe that if superheroes were real, your show is the closest to what it would actually be like? Well, that's a great question, and, and that's a conversation that I had with Eric Kripke when we, you know, started this. And he was like, this is what we believe that superheroes could be like. I mean, yes, sure, you have your altruistic types, but, you know, human nature, um, you know, we're, we can be some dark, devious motherfuckers. And that has got to be represented in superhero culture. And It's a more honest look at it, because, you know, we are flawed people, and that is human nature. So, you know, according to Eric, that this is a, a far more honest depiction of, of superheroes than uh, the sort of... A, you know, vanilla goody two shoes uh, stuff that uh, we've been seeing for decades. Uh, and you know what? It's more
0: fun to watch. Thank you. Thank
7: you. Thank you.
4: Hi. Hi. I'm uh, I'm Tony from Round Lake, Illinois. Um, I know you had touched on this a little bit, but uh, you had said that like when when you go onto the stage, you just kind of like yourself and whatnot. But I was wondering like. How, how does your, like, personality and your characters kind of, like, cross in the show?
6: How, how are their relationships on screen different from off screen?
7: Yeah, like...
10: I definitely think personality and character, right? <sighs> Look,
7: <laughs> how much like Starlight are you? I
10: it's hard to, it's hard to, I don't feel like I can properly answer this question because in my mind, we have such a glaringly obvious parallel to his own character next to okay? But I'll try and answer. <laughs> uh, listen, Starlight Annie is a better human being than I am. She is more of a badass than I am. She uh, handles situations more maturely than I ever did. So I actually (coughs) am learning from a character I'm playing, which is pretty cool and something that is a little unprecedented for me. And so it sounds a little cheesy, but whenever I walk away from this job and knock on wood, it won't be for a while. Um, I'm going to kind of keep little parts of her with me because I think she's just fucking.
3: I two cents. Aaron is way more thugged out than Starlight. More what? Thugged out.
10: Thugged out. Oh, oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but let me just tell I you that. you these... don't
3: have powers because you will be blasting people in their chest.
10: It would not be good. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. And I have this nickname on set, I'm not going to lie, and it involves the word thug. So,
0: the nickname is Thug Life. Itself.
9: And there's another one called Life of Sin. It's true. So, because she had a sip of coffee one morning and went, hmm. All I need in this life of sin to her
3: stomach. <laughs> and they told us about it. I'm convinced she has thug life tattooed on that, her stomach. She's just never shown it to us. But, but let me
10: tell you one thing, let me tell you one thing. You can get visible tattoos where they ink your skin and they don't show up. So let me just tell you if you use like a light and shine it over my body, you feel see a lot. Uh, I'm not saying that.
6: Yeah, leave it yeah, alone. But. Thanks awesome. so much. Thank you. Yeah. Hi. Hi. My name is Rachel.
5: I'm from Chicago. I get a, a lot of heat for saying this show is my
8: favorite because of how dark it is. So, what would you say to defend fans like me for loving the show?
9: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lighten up. You know. <laughs> yes, yes. But I'm sorry. Did you say what, what would we say to you for liking the show?
8: How how would you? Th-
6: if if she was going to defend people against saying that show is so dark but I mean you know what show doesn't have different dynamics you know
8: I don't know and
6: honestly it's just
8: exposing a lot of stuff that's going on in our world like how power corrupts and greed and capitalism and all that stuff that we should be educating ourselves on if we're going to make a change
9: turn on CNN it's lighter than CNN (laughs) Dark. what your boss is doing. That's Also,
10: we're not arbitrarily throwing out dark material for the sake of throwing it out there. I've said this phrase before in terms of describing our show, but sunlight's a good disinfectant. We're trying to rip away, like, the weird, false, artificial facade behind, um, behind you know, anything that lost my train of thought. I got too wordy. All right. Sunlight's a good disinfectant. Oh, we're trying to like, we're trying to just approach the taboo subjects because nothing's ever going to change. Like the me too situation. I've gotten a lot of flack for maybe being at the center of retaining that role, but we are starting a dialogue to change these things. We're not, we're not condoning them. We're admonishing
8: them. So. And sometimes art is a good way to do that because people We'll watch art sometimes before, you know, investing in politics and doing something like that, so I think, I think it's only a good thing tell your friends to turn it on. Give That's
9: right. It. They can, and they can, they've always got Teletubbies.
8: <laughs> There's always Teletubbies. So.
9: Guide them to
4: the children's network.
6: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hi.
4: Hi, uh, Mitchell Belligio from Chicago. My question is for Carl. Um, what were some of the takeaways you had, and this is a dated question, from Lord of the Rings? What were some of the takeaways from what? From Lord of the Rings, I mean, like, besides props or, you know, maybe stealing a horse or two.
6: But <laughs> oh, you mean, literally, did he take anything?
4: <laughs> well, we'll like, takeaways, like, did he
7: learn anything? I mean, could be, like...
4: got anything just, for I sale, did,
7: Lord, did. Lord of the Rings. I got a lot of thermal underwear. I <laughs> <laughs> still a lot of thermal underwear. Um... <laughs> Uh, Peter Jackson and uh, Fran and, and um, Richard Taylor gave me my helmet from Lord of the Rings, which was pretty rad. Um, and I mean, I guess the, the deepest takeaways would have been um, the experience of getting to work with uh, that cast and crew, um, uh, particularly uh, Vigo, who... Would Vigo, um, yeah. Yes, and Vigo, Vigo Mortensen uh, was like, if I ever in a situation, uh, you know, that is somewhat uh, precarious or there's a moral choice to be made, I'm like, what would Vigo do? Uh, no, I'm serious. That that guy is one of the most amazing altruistic human beings I have ever met. And uh, <laughs> uh, so for me, I guess I feel blessed to have. Just been a part of that experience and to know those people and um, uh, yeah, I think that's it's the people, it's the sort of the legacy of those friendships and and, um, and and the memories of what we did twenty fucking years ago. Oh my god! Yeah,
6: thank you for the question. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hi. Yep, your turn right here.
7: Blackmore, that's a question. Ah!
0: A a... All right, you, you lucked out. Now
9: it's your turn. <laughs> That's pretty
3: awesome, <laughs> um, uh, My name's Nick. I'm from uh, Springfield. And I love the comic
8: really good. But it's it's very Garthenous,
7: very edgy. Is there anything that happened in the comic that you're like, thank God I didn't have to do that? Or I wish I did that
8: because it's pretty edgy? <laughs> We kind of touched on Maze scenes, you know, um, sex scenes. I'm thankful that I didn't have to be quite so graphic with those on screen. Not at all. <laughs> ladies
10: go through a lot in
6: the graphic novels. Yeah, right. ladies go through a lot. My situation with the Deep in the first episode in the comic book
10: involves all the superheroes and yeah, a lot of work.
6: That's just
10: it would have taken.
6: What about you? Is there a scene that you can think of from the
7: comics you would have wished would have been on the screen?
1: I mean, I kind of wanted Jack and Jupiter
7: to be in the show, but I know why they didn't have him in, and that probably would have been a little bit too far. A (laughs) little
4: (laughs) bit. Yeah, but uh, I. So
8: I was just thinking, like, yikes. But the show's fantastic. I like it more than comic, to be honest.
0: Yay. Yay, thank you. And I'm sure you guys love hearing uh, that. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. Hi. Hi, I'm Johanna from uh, Chicago.
5: And uh, so,
6: uh, where's Terror? Where's you? <laughs> Who? Terror. Oh, Terror.
7: Well, where's Terror? Oh, Terror. I don't know. In season two. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another. especially actually in Canada right now. <laughs> <laughs> Although
9: I did notice like when we were promoing like, the, the, the original, when they first started rolling out advertisements for the show. So I went, oh my god! There's like, one of the boys, we, we've got a poster up. And I was like, oh cool, I going to go and see it. And they said, it's you! It's you and Tara. I was like, that's an odd combo. And I like, oh, go along and I look, and there's Tara pissing on Homelander's boots. <laughs> Cut off here! And I was like, I finally made it! Oh, your crotch made I've got it, yeah, like like these boots. I mean, the whole thing is about the boots anyway. I've said that before. But, yeah, Tara Tara featured a lot in the uh, marketing campaign.
6: Thank you. Yeah, hi.
7: Hi, I'm uh, Ross from California. And I was wondering if you guys have any, like, uh, favorite backstage stories or shenanigans that have gone on during
6: filming. Other than the Instagram
7: Others at the Instagram, <laughs> many actually, many many, a lot of laughs, and season two just provided so much more. I can't wait. We're, we're going to come back next year and we'll have a, a catch up on all the season two But if you go to um, Aaron's uh, Instagram. I believe you'll see Jack Craig oh. trying to eat a taco. Oh Jack Craig trying to eat a taco, funniest thing. Like, in the wind. In the wind. In the wind. it was like blowing everywhere. <laughs> we were both we were no. such assholes. We were filming him no trying to did. eat a taco. <laughs> <laughs> it was like going all over his costume.
10: But the best part is I just saw him in the distance eating a taco. First of all, he's covered in blood. Because when is he not? Okay, yeah. covered in blood. Nothing's happened yet. But you and I looked at each other, and I see Jack eating
5: a taco in the wind, and I was like, "Shit's about to go down."
10: (laughs) It's the best footage I have ever.
7: I uh, I think I need to post it permanently. I think so. Did you not?
10: I I know it's my stories,
7: but look at Laz, It's horrifying. What's this motherfucker got
3: on me?
9: Laz is sitting there going, did you sweep up after
0: him? Yeah. <laughs> did but someone
9: clean up the place? Get on his costume and did, did, did he clean it? Who was there? Did he clean it? I, <laughs> <sweep>
0: it. <laughs> yeah.
9: Yeah. I remember doing that scene with the babies. Like When you and me were doing the, the standoff scene at the end of the night, we were shooting it overnight. We had four babies. Count them. Four. Uh, not one baby would not cry. As soon as they
7: touched her, it he got in there. Was alarm, so it was like, Where? I it would be perfectly calm, hit me and go, mm mm, scream, and it got.
9: It was just. I was getting. I was furious. I was livid. and just dying because I was
0: dialogue and I was like, it's not working. And then
9: I look over at him and he's just standing there, smirking, <laughs> just laughing as their- I had a great night, it was a fun night.
0: <laughs> okay.
6: Thank, Thank you. And we have time for just one more question. Hi.
2: Uh, hi, I'm Drew from New York, and I have a question
7: for Carl. Uh, just, what was it like using Spice Girls in a pep talk, and have any of them reached out to you uh, since then? Thankfully, no. <laughs> um, they did not get the better end of that talk, did they? Um, I, I, I remember reading it, and uh, I, I and uh, and I liked what was on the page, but I called up Eric, and Eric, this two Spice Girls not in this that he doesn't reference. We've got to list them all. <laughs> and, uh, and so I I said, I'm going to send you something. And so I actually did a little bit of Google research about what Jerry Halliwell, uh, was her name, Jerry yeah, Halliwell? The red one. Uh, or what she had been uh, uh, up to. And, uh, and so I, I thought it was really fun to, for Butcher to actually specifically know this song. <laughs> All the elements, that, uh, and, and so we and, and Crookie was like, "This is great." And he folded it into the to the story, and um, so yeah. It's, uh, but yes, no, I'm, I'm waiting for the phone call from from, from Spice Girls. Uh, I think they actually did. They they did have a reunion. Do you know? You know. Yeah. I th- th- I th- would th- know. You? I think I did recently, yeah. they did recently have didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you
6: so much the show's so Thank
4: fun. you.
2: Kevin Just fine.
0: Oh. Okay. i
2: I tried. I really tried.